This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. He was going the right way. Cohen, all the way. Touchdown, Chicago. Levine, he goes right. Stop it, Samson. Did you not get the memo? He didn't come for the massage. He came for the facial. Oh, my goodness. Chicago's Game Day. Garcia's home. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Good morning, everyone. Welcome on in. Heck, you guys have been here already. You've been talking to Chris Black and Adam Abdallah, or at least listening. We'll get more people talking to them, along with me, Fred Huebner, 312-332-3776. Sahadab Sharma is going to join us, the Cubs reporter from The Athletic, at around 9.30, a little after 10. Brian Kamenetsky from ESPN 710 in L.A., the place that many people think LeBron James will be signing soon. And Nick Friedel joins us at 11.35. And, guys, Nick will join us before his big extravaganza this afternoon. Yeah, he's on with Jonathan Hood uh, later this afternoon at 3 o'clock. And Bobby Marks breaking down all the free agency news in the NBA. So That's it should right. be good to listen to. Nick's got a long day, and we'll kick it off at 11.30 with Nicky Friedel. Yep, we'll get the uh, summer of Nick and uh, see if he had any uh, interesting things going on. I'm sure that he was probably resting all day yesterday getting ready for the 11 o'clock. No, uh, summer's over. Oh, Abdallah, I, I got a text message at, what, 9 o'clock asking if we were going out last yeah, night from so Nick Friedel? And I said, don't not you to. have to give me... 9,000 words on David Nuaba. <laughs> not not to out him, but uh, I think Abdallah and I were settling in to watch some free agency on TV and on our phones. But uh, And that's when Zach Levine tweeted the crying, <laughs> laughing emoji at him when he suggested that the Bulls don't overpay him. Well, he won't be the only one to suggest the Bulls don't overpay him. Uh, 312-332-3776. couple callers hanging in there. We will get to you in just a couple minutes. I just wanted to tell you guys, you know how much of an NBA fan I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The biggest. <laughs> Huge fan. Yeah. yeah. I'm big, but not, you know, the biggest of NBA fans. Just me. But at 11.01, I'm looking at my phone. I'm looking at Abdallah's tweets. I'm looking at some other people's tweets. I'm looking at Friedel and, you know, Zach Levine tweeting be right before 11 and all that stuff. And then I see that Paul George is going to OKC. Now, if I would have asked you yesterday, if I would have said yesterday Paul George is going to re-sign with OKC, what would you have said, Chris? I would have said... That uh, sounds about right. You think so? I would yeah. have said interesting. That's what I would have said because... Um, if you if you look at it, okay, great. You're still like the sixth best team in the Western Conference. I'm not quite sure what the Thunder are really going to accomplish with mm-hmm. this duo of Russell Russell Westbrook and Paul George. But all so, the, I mean, all the reports were they were going was going to try and get LeBron and Paul uh-huh. George and Kawhi Leonard in L.A. Right? I mean, that's what everyone's talked yeah. about for the last week. Unless you listen to what Paul George has been saying, which is what I've been saying. I was talking to Waddle and Sylvie about this the last couple of weeks. If you go back to what Paul George has been saying, he really likes it in Oklahoma City. He likes the team. He likes the front office. He likes the organization. He said before the season started that they, quote, check all the boxes Mm -hmm. that he's already been looking for. He just likes 
playing his game and being not the face of the team. He just wants to be the guy. He knows Russell Westbrook's the face of the team. He just likes being the guy. Right. And there he's just the guy. And now he gets four years or three years with an opt-out after the third year, with an opt-in, I mean, after the third year. And he gets some money. And uh, that's that's kind of how it lined up. If you If you watched... Not what everybody else was saying. If you read and listened to what Paul George was saying, this is exactly what was going to happen all along. Okay, you guys have the most confusing sport in all of the history of sports, okay? There's there's an opt-in and there's an opt-out, but it, it, there's not always... It's, what looks like an opt-out is not technically an opt-out, right? I was going through this with Waddle the other day when I was yeah. working with him. Yeah, the players opt-in or the, the teams opt-out. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, players so it's not a player opt-out. Well, no, players opt-in, teams opt-out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, wait, I, maybe I'm missing. Wait, what's confusing? In the third year, he can opt-out. That's that's what it is. Yes. Okay, if but, it was it because it's a player option. Yeah. Not is, a team there, option. There are player options and team and options. And team options. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, here's, here's, yeah. The, here's what happened. When I'm watching and I'm seeing that Paul George is going to uh, Oklahoma City, I'm saying, okay, I'm an old guy. Okay? I'm 61 years old. Jerry Reinsdorf is 82 years old. Mm -hmm. And when I was going to bed, I'm saying, you know, if Paul George isn't going to L.A., I got to get my guys on the phone because I'm 82 years old. Rebuilds are nice, but I don't know how much longer I got. I'd like to win a few times. So why don't Gar and Pax or whoever has to do it get on the phone and call LeBron or call LeBron's guy and say, hey, listen. You know, LA's, LA's wonderful. But as one of your earlier callers said in your previous, you know, in uh, Best of 1000, if you look at the Lakers squad right now, and you look at Markinen and you look at Dunn, and you don't look at Zach Levine because you let him go, uh, and you look at the two guys they drafted, and you bring in LeBron James, Jerry Reinsdorf may be able to get another couple championships before he's done. Why wouldn't, I mean, w shouldn't the Bulls make a phone call this morning? Fred, I or last night at midnight? I, I could not agree with you more. And that's why I think it's so interesting that this team has prepared to have all this cap space, but for some reason we don't want to use it. Yeah. Like, and, and Abdallah and I kept joking last night at 11 o'clock Central Time, like, look at this cap party we're having. We're looking at the money that we have, but we're not going to spend it. And right. like, so here's one thing that makes no sense in my head, right? Um, if you're going to spend the money in, in future free agency, I understand having no money on the books to go after the big fish. But if you're never going to go after the big fish, then the money that you have in this offseason, like we don't get to put it in the pocket. And then when Anthony Davis becomes a free agent in mm -hmm. three years, we don't get to say, hey, by the way, Anthony, we saved uh, $30 million in free agency in 2018. Just for you. Like, you, like, you don't get to carry that over. There's right. no carrying it over. So, yeah. Fred, I agree completely. I don't understand how if you have the pieces in place, you did the one-month tank, you have some nice pieces. Yeah, you, you got some young guys. Compare the Bulls to the Lakers roster. I like the Bulls roster better than the Lakers roster. Why not go after LeBron James? Mm -hmm. And if you're not going to go after LeBron James, why not make a call on Kawhi Leonard? Why not go after Paul George? Why not try and land someone? That's the thing that I think is so frustrating as we sit here today, just hours after free agency began. And I know that they told us they were going to be patient. At the draft, they told us, 
We are going to be patient for agency. Yeah, but usually they lie, and, and I don't blame. <laughs> but, but, but I don't, but, I don't blame them too well, either. I mean, you don't. And in the back of my head, I was kind of hoping that they're telling us they're going to be patient because they have something sneaky up. Right. The Kawhi Leonard, I understand. Try to call the the Spurs and see what you can get for Kawhi Leonard. See if they can sign him first and do a sign and trade, so he's not just here for a rent for a rent a year for Kawhi Leonard. Don't waste the minutes calling LeBron James. Well, see, but he, I, I he's would not waste, coming here. I would waste the minutes because the whole Kawhi thing, and we've talked about this for a couple weeks, and we'll get to the callers. 312-332-3776. The Kawhi thing, and ex, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, because like I said, I'm confused by your sport. Um, if, if, they made, if it was a sign-and-trade and they had to trade for Kawhi, then some of the guys that they have that they would be able to play on the court with LeBron if they went and signed him mm-hmm. would be gone because sure. they'd have to trade those guys in order to get Kawhi. So they would have less of a team. If they brought Kawhi Leonard over here, they would have less of a team than they would have if they brought LeBron over because they'd still have everybody they have now, except Zach Levine, because they're going to let him go walk. Sacramento did make an offer, right? Uh, not officially, but there are reports that they are interested, and I think Bulls fans hope that yes. they do make a good offer. Yes, so do. then we say, all right, Zach, go get your money. Uh, best of luck to you, and and go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the only thing I'm saying. And, and if you're if you're a Bulls fan, I mean, like I said, I, I'm a little confused by a lot of what the guys do in NBA free agency. But, you know, when Paul George goes, stays with Oklahoma City, the you know, I had thought he was going to the Lakers and there was still the outside chance that Kawhi was going there and then LeBron and they couldn't figure out how to do it and they had to get rid of Dang's money and all that. But when I heard it last night, I'm saying, well, why don't the Bulls make the call? You, you know, you ha- what are you waiting for? If you've got these young guys now, you, who better to have them play with than LeBron James? I agree with you, Fred, and I think it's um, it's interesting, and it's something to note for Bulls fans going forward because you have the cap space, you have nice assets, and you now are not participating. Okay, because this is going to happen every year because, as we see with Durant, a one in one Guys are going to be available every single year. There's no longer the days of be- before 2010 when you had to wait five years for someone to become a free agent. Right. Yeah, Westbrook is locked in. There are some guys who are locked in for some time. Most guys are going to take shorter contracts and re-sign on a quicker uh, a re-up time. So, Listen, if a guy's available, make a move. I mean, that I think that's what Bulls fans need to be asking themselves today is why are we not participating? And I know that LeBron and the whole talk about you know, LeBron wants to make sure he gets a nice place for his family and everything else. What better place than the Chicago area? Oh, he's, please. He's, he's not, not coming, coming here. here. He's not coming <laughs> here. Listen, the <laughs> worst kept the secret. Minutes. Don't waste the text mess. Don't waste the caricatures. Waste Don't waste the emojis. you got to make the effort. There's hey, no man. point. The There's worst no kept point. secret in the league is that he's going to the Lakers. But wouldn't, because... it be better, wouldn't it be better if you were at least able to say, listen, we mm-hmm. made the call? Yeah. No. No, because then they yeah, failed you got again. to. No. no. Then you got to make again. the call. No. Are you an idiot, Abdallah? No. You have to make the call. You don't make the call. You don't. He's not coming here. He's not coming here. It doesn't matter. But why is he you not coming here? Because you, you didn't gotta, even try? Right. Or because he's just already going to L.A.? Because he's going to L.A. Well, he doesn't sudden, care anymore. And then, and then you hear LeBron say, you know, if you guys would have called, I would have considered. What? what? No, he what? wouldn't have. Well, hold you on. don't know hold that, Hold on a though. second. Hold on. Tom Thibodeau told Cap and I a couple weeks ago at that famous dinner that Cap always talks about. Uh, he told us that the Bulls had the commitment from LeBron, Wade, and Bosch. They yeah. just couldn't clear the money to get all three. Exactly. He at one point wanted to come to Chicago. Yeah, but well, now well, they well, have the happened? money, don't they? Well, what happened? What happened? They didn't have the money. They didn't clear the money. 
Well, they have the money now. now they they could have. No, they. You could have just had to go. You would have had to go in the luxury, and they didn't want to. No, so, no. It was it was a Taj Gibson contract. They didn't have the money to fit it all three on under the cap. So move him. If they wanted to do it, they could have done it. Well, I'm just and telling the fact you. that they didn't want to do it that cemented that LeBron was never going to come here. And he's never coming the world here. Is. <laughs> yes. Definitely not Chicago. Well, he's in Los Angeles at this moment to update Gum you. shoes. He's, yes. Maybe, you know what? Maybe he just says, "Well, hey, if, if Paul's he's, not coming, I'm going to look." He's I'm not coming here. I'm going right. to. There's no way no. you have a better chance of trading for Kawhi and then making the phone call. Fred makes a good point. If Things are not aligning for LeBron with the Lakers. How solidified is it that he's going to commit there? Because he wants to go wherever he goes. He's he would like to win there, soon. Yeah. yeah. Like, does Philly now open the door? Now is Philly a right. better option? I think it's, even if you're not going to go for LeBron, how are you not trying to improve your team? That, that's what's interesting to me. Well, see, but if you're looking at Philly and Chicago, you got to say cheesesteaks or Italian beef. There's no doubt. Italian beef are better. What? Uh, yeah, Dip. not not you know Anthony Rizzo puts red sauce on. It. No, you don't. Yeah, I've put, seen that. You don't put you don't you don't put like marinara on an Italian beef sandwich. You got to get it dipped in wet. That you must mean. be a Florida thing where you grew up or something. <laughs> let's let's go out to Elk Grove and Jason. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Jace. Hey guys, what's up? Yeah, you're on. What's up? Hey, hey I, I I love uh, where you guys are going with that. The Bulls got to make a move. They got to go. Go after LeBron. Why not? We have a solid foundation. We have... We're better situated than the Lakers, and we have tons of money. We could pay everybody. So, it 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 blows my mind. What are we waiting for? Are we waiting for all these guys to retire, and then, and then hopefully down the road... Uh, we have a, a decent team once everybody else is gone out of the league. Jason, did you call earlier? I did. Okay, I just wanted to make sure you remembered. No, I remember. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. We appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I just, I just think you have to make a phone Jason. call. And, and if you're, if you are the, you know, if you're John Paxson and you're Gar Foreman and you're waking up this morning and you're, you, well, they didn't, they probably were up till middle of the night trying no, to figure they out. Weren't. At twelve o'clock, then when they see that Paul George is going to yeah. OKC, he goes, "Hey, uh, Gar, this is Pax. We got, we got to make the phone call. Do you have, do you have LeBron's number? How can we get LeBron's number?" Can we just Does anyone down? have so, LeBron's does somebody, number? No. Who's, who's got LeBron's number? Do we know anybody? Zach Levine's got. Oh, we can't have. We can't call him to get it because then he'll know we're not interested in keeping him. Let's go to Rolling Meadows and John here on ESPN One Thousand. Hey, John. Hi, guys. Um, you know, I've kind of distanced myself from the Bulls lately because all I've heard is we're gonna we're gonna do this and we're gonna do. They haven't done anything. What they need to do. Bring in a consultant to work with John, someone that has done a rebuild and has been successful, and show John what he's doing wrong in order to make this thing work, and bring in free agents that know that this this program, this team, is really genuine about wanting to win. With this roster, you're not going to have any of the big-name free agents come knocking on the door because they want to win now, and this club is not ready to win yet. Well, but how many, That's I mean, difference. John, that we appreciate the call. Guys, I know last year in the NBA there were four teams ready to win. How many are there going to be this year? 
I mean, you have Houston and you have uh, you have Golden State and wherever LeBron goes. Well, see, I disagree. I, with the con- I disagree with the concept that the Bulls are not ready to win. They won 27 games in a season where they quote didn't try for mm-hmm. like the first month and a half. They, if they would have tried the entire year, they would have been in the mid 30s, if not close to 40 wins last year. They have enough talent. Mm-hmm. Now, do they have a superstar to take you to the next level? No, no. they don't. No. They have the talent. John Paxson and and Gar Foreman have built a pretty respectable team who gives great effort and is tough to beat on a nightly basis in the league. But that's not enough to lure no, free agents. No, I, I know that. But they are a team that is ready to start winning again. They're not a team that's going to tank out. These guys aren't sitting there going, oh, the Bulls are a good try-hard team. I like that Lowry marketing. I like Zach Levine if they can sign him and bring him back. That's a good... I like Bobby Portis. He showed uh, conviction when he punched Nikola Mirotic in the face. No, that's not what they do. They go, my friends, I want to take my friends and go play at this team. Or I want to go with my friends and play with this team. And the Bulls don't do that. Well, what if LeBron can't find any friends? Chris Paul re-signed with the Rockets. He's got DeMarcus Cousins as a friend. Is he going to be able to play next year? Yeah, he'll be fine. He could always go to the Heat. Or the, know, heat the, uh, the Rockets. The Rockets know. will make moves if they need to. They always do. Go play with his buddy Chris Paul. I I think, you know, I, I agree with what Fred's uh, pitching here. I think uh, if not now, when are the Bulls going to spend money? Because this team is closer than you think. They're not as bad as their 27 wins last season. They're going to try this year. And you know that it, it, the Bulls are a proud franchise. They don't want to be a team in the lottery again. Okay. No. But how many? They don't want to be a team in the lottery, but how far away from being that try-hard Grizzlies team are there? From being that middle-of-the-road team? They don't, they can't get free agents. Simple as that. Well, no that's one why, wants to that's come That's why you here. have to make the move. Well, like, the, I yeah. don't understand your premise. Like, so not, don't do anything? No, don't. you have to make a move to try to trade for someone. So you try to, like you said, you find a, disgrunt, a disgruntled player and you get them out of there like the Thunder did with Paul George. You find the Kawhi Leonard and you trade for Kawhi Leonard and then you can go out and make a move for the free agent. That's what you need to do. You have to basically get people to come here without them actually wanting to come here. But how many of your players are you move? Are you going to have to move to get Kawhi Leonard here? A lot, but right. it's Kawhi so Leonard. Have, but, but it's Kawhi he's going to have Leonard. nobody to play with. He'll, he's going to be playing with Felicio and campaign. Hey, according I mean, to the most, Felicio is a great player. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. yeah, we've the player seen that. Would be someone like Bradley Bill right now, disgruntled in Washington. Him or John Wall might be. You might be able to pick, take them away from Washington right now. Yeah, see, the problem is you don't want either of those guys. No. You know, like, that doesn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, you know, could you maybe uh, make a call to Portland for C.J. McCollum? Okay, but once you have McCollum, you're still looking for a number mm-hmm. one star. Like like Bradley Beal, John Wall, though, and, and McCollum, those are three guys who are really good, above average players. Right. And, mm-hmm. I mean... Do people really consider John Wall a top 20 player anymore? I, I think what we saw last year, people are starting to sour on him. Yeah. So many young, good point guards across the league. You got to get you a point guard who does everything and shoot threes, and John Wall doesn't do that. So mm-hmm. I, I think people have kind of soured on him. And the other two shooting guards, you say, well, they would be great if we had a number one. Right. Uh, so yeah, you, you, need know. A, you need a point guard. Yeah. It's, and they're still uh, not sure what's, what Chris Dunn is. Well, he... Uh, He's he's a good strong defensive uh, player, right? Right. Yeah, he's not he's not the point guard that people 
I don't know. So because the Bulls aren't getting LeBron James and it doesn't look like they're in on any of the Kawhi talks, they're basically banking on we're going to be okay this year. We'll be a little bit better this year. But then next year is when we're going to have the most money. And next year is when you want to see them in on Kevin Durant, on Kyrie Irving, on these guys that on Clay Thompson, if he doesn't sign a deal this season at some point. That those are the guys you want to see the Bulls in on. Not this year when you're just making fruitless calls to people who aren't going to be here. Okay, but that that's the the lie of all of this. And that's why I keep pointing out that they make a point of having this big short on the market. They aren't going to be the team with the most cap space next summer. So the Pacers will have more money, the Kings will have more money, the Clippers. You mean the Pacers didn't give all their money to Doug McDermott? No, not all of it. Just some of it. I mean, what? how about that? Him jumping on that at, at 11 Central time last night. Uh, in the Brooklyn Nets. So those are all teams who are going to have the same amount of cap space as the Bulls next year. So mm-hmm. it's not like they're going to be sitting by themselves being able to poach all the best players. I think that they, they need to then make sure that their pitch and their little video or whatever that they put out, Benny the Bull at the airport, is better than those teams. Because those teams you listed, I would rather play... For the Bulls than those teams, not the Lakers. I'd rather go to the Lakers. Sure, and you know we'll see what happens with the Clippers over the next uh, twenty-four hours. Exactly, because that, that's a franchise that wants to compete with the Lakers. They're going to have their own stadium being built in the near future, and Steve Ballmer does not want to be a, a bottom feeder in the league. He right. wants to be he. He comes from Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. where he's watched uh, Lakeup and the Warriors create this super team. He wants to be like that. I don't think he'll be patient. Well, it's good. I mean, this is yesterday was just the first evening. It started at eleven oh one last night, and there were a ton between Paul George and Kevin Durant, the one in one deal, and Chris Paul. Uh, the four-year max in Houston, DeAndre Jordan and the Mavs agreeing. Again, all this, I guess, becomes official, what, July 6th? Yep. Yes. That's yeah. when you can officially uh, sign. Right. The Nuggets, uh, Jokic and uh, Will Barton. I know a guy that you ta- you spoke very highly of, mm-hmm. uh, Chris. Uh, he gets a four-year, $54 million deal. And I know Chris Mannix, and I know that Abdallah brought it up, but uh, Chris Mannix says the, the Nuggets are making the call to, to LeBron James. Now, you know, Denver's a lovely place. Um but I don't know. Is, is that a place the that nuggets are high? <laughs> well, yeah, of course they are. It's you can. It's legal there. Well, if you look at the basketball sense, it, it's a perfect team for LeBron. Mm-hmm. It really would step LeBron into a situation where now he facilitates. He takes the the game winning shots, and they were a team that should have made the playoffs last year. So I, I it, it's a perfect basketball fit. I don't know if it fits the rest of his uh, world though. Yeah. So we'll find out. We'll talk more about the NBA throughout the course of the day. We're here till noon. The Cubs have been scoring runs like crazy. They didn't get hit the ball out of the park yesterday, but they scored a bunch of runs. We'll talk about the Northsiders as Sahadev Sharma from The Athletic will join us. We come back. It's Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, Fred Hubender right here on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back in. Fred Hubner, along with Chris Black, Adam Abdallah. We'll get back to some NBA free agency chatter. As a matter of fact, top of the hour, Brian Kamenetsky from ESPN 710 LA will join us. We can ask him exactly what time the press conference will be for LeBron, if and when he will make an <laughs> announcement. Um, obviously, nothing becomes official uh, until uh, July 6th, but uh, tons of uh, free agent agreements last night. We'll get back to that. But uh, there's a little bit of baseball going on up on the north side, and uh, the Cubs have now won three in a row. 
and uh, they've been sweating it out. And, you know, the, the Twins lost three players yesterday due to the heat. Not going to be as warm out there today, but uh, still warm as the Cubs go for another win. It'll be uh, John Lester against Lance Lynn. And to talk more Cubs baseball, we bring in our buddy, Sadav Sharma from the Athletics. Sadav, how are you today? I'm doing well. Gonna gonna try and stay cooler than the last two days, which I think should be possible. Yeah, I mean uh, the Twins lost three players yesterday. They had to leave because of the heat and uh, probably just chasing the ball down. I mean the Cubs score all those runs yesterday with no home runs. It doesn't happen very often. When uh, warm day like that, you see the score, you figure the ball. The Cubs were launching the ball out of the park, but uh, this had to make Joe so happy yesterday. Yeah, and it was a day after uh, he got peppered with questions about whether his team has to win, uh, has to hit home runs to win. And his his basic answer was, well, that's how the team is built. We were built to hit home runs, but we don't need them to win. And even Addison Russell, after he was asked uh, on Friday, you know, is this a home run hitting team? He said, you know, I'd like to think of the second half. We can, we can put the ball and play more and play a little small ball and, and score in different ways. It, you know what? The, the ball just needs to fall for them. This is a this is a pretty strong offense all around. You, you go look up and down the lineup. People say that it needs it needs different types of players. Well, they have plenty of different types of players. Guys with high on base percentage and middling batting average. Guys with high on high batting average. Guys with big power. It's everybody just needs to play up to their potential or close to it. And then this offense will be nice and diverse and, and scoring in so many different ways. And I think you're starting to see it, but we've also seen these ups and downs before. So you don't want to jump on it too quickly and say, oh, they've turned the corner. Let's just give this a couple more weeks and, and make sure this approach keeps up. And it doesn't hurt to, to help. Uh, it doesn't hurt to play an easier schedule as they have. Uh, not like the Reds were, were supposed to be uh, <laughs> a tough team, though. Well, Zahadov, it's early still. It's not even <laughs> Oh, hold on. It's July. It is July. <laughs> okay, yeah. uh, so is it fair to say this offense has an identity crisis since they're a home run hitting team and they're 19th in baseball in hitting home runs? Yeah, I don't... It's, I, I think they're a, uh, an offense in transition. Even Theo said, "Let's see where they are in August." So he, hey, he gave you another extra month here, so you can still say it's early, if, uh, according to Theo. Maybe not early. But, uh, I, I think they are. They are learning different things. They are trying to be a different team. Uh, I do not like the fact that they're 19th in home run home runs. I think that's that is definitely not a, a good thing for this team. I think the key there is obviously that Bryant just wasn't hitting homers for over a month and then goes on the DL and says it's been a month that his shoulder has been bugging him. So I think that's a big uh, red flag right there as far as when, when you're looking for reasons for the lack of homers. Wilson Contreras just wasn't hitting for power against anybody but the White Sox. He hit three home runs against the White Sox. and But before, I want to say, that line drive homer against the Reds, he had one other homer outside of uh, facing the White Sox. So those are two big pieces of the puzzle right there, not hitting homers, and you're wondering where all this power is. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it was a little concerning. I think, you know, the weather's uh, changing for them. It was a brutal early stretch. I mean, you can make plenty of excuses, but I, I think the bottom line is they need to hit home runs to really, truly live up to their offensive potential. And if they're going to score like they did yesterday and the home runs start coming more frequently, then, then you're talking about a great offense, probably the best offense in the NL and one that's, you know, a tier below or maybe not a tier below, but a, a small step below the Yankees and then a little behind the Red Sox, too. So 35 runs in three games. 
So the next three games, they'll have three runs, right? <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that kind of is how it's how it's been for this offense. It, you know, it, it's a it's it's something that people joke about. But I, I've gone and looked at this. It's not just it's not just something you feel or something that that you can say. Well, every team goes through this. Maybe every uh, every so uh, so offense goes through this, but. The top ten offenses, if you compare this to compare the Cubs to the other good offenses in baseball, they don't do this as often. They don't do this up and down stretch. So that's why we're really talking. About when I say have they turned a corner, I, we need to see what happens this next week. It's not you know they need to start scoring five, six, seven runs a game against good teams. It can't just be these ten, eleven, twelve outbursts and then one, two, three runs against. Uh, whoever's pitching, and people want to say it's against good pitching. Go look at who the pitchers that they've struggled against. It's not great pitchers. They just beat up Jose Barrios, who's a very good pitcher. So it's it's kind of random how how this is happening. It's just it has been a very odd up and down offense, and and you compare it to the other good offenses, and and you see that this is this is something that's been an issue for the team. It's no, there's really no denying it. Sahana Sharma from The Athletic joining us here on ESPN 1000. We, we talked, I was here yesterday with Murph, and we were talking about a lot of things, but one of them was so many people nowadays, you mentioned average, and you say, well, you know, average isn't important. That's not the number you look at. And of all the analytical guys, I still remember you producing, you know, you know, um, Talking Baseball with us, or whatever the heck the name of the show was uh, back in the day. Talking Baseball, yeah, Fred, with, with Bruce. Yeah. With Bruce. And we would do the wow. show, and you you were you were a big analytics guy. I'm looking here. Javi Baez has a 285 uh, average. His on-base is the worst on the team of regular players. He's 321. Now, how do you look at a Javi Baez? His average is nice, but his, his on-base is not. Uh, what are we supposed to look at? For me, the old guy who's not supposed to look at averages anymore. Swag. <laughs> but I, I think I'm kind of uh, uh, over the years. I, I see value in different things, in, and obviously, on base for me is most important. But there's also value in just being a batting average guy too. If you're like I said, you need a diverse lineup, right? Mm-hmm. So, so a guy like Albert Elmora brings a lot of batting average, very little walks, but but he's going to put the ball in play a ton. And and if he and if it falls, he's going to have that three twenty three thirty batting average. I, mean, I I'm not sure how long that lasts. <laughs> Uh, but with Javi, I mean, Javi brings so much to the table. It's not just the offense, obviously. We know what he does right. on defense. We know what he does on the base pass. But with the offense, yes, it, it's very it, – he's not going to give you this amazing patient approach. He's, he's not going to take a lot of walks. But it, go look at the slugging percentage, and it's otherworldly. It's a, You know, he's going to slug. He's going to hit for power. So basically what you're looking at is the OPS, you know, compare that to the rest of the league. It's it's a, it's well above average. He's 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 slugging. He's not going to take a ton of walks. Yeah, uh, you know if he hits for 280 with his walk rate, fine. You'll take a 320 on base percentage with the power that he's hitting. Because I want to say the league average is around 317, 318. So he's a tick above average. He's on a team that leads baseball in in on base percentage. So you know there are other people carrying that carrying that weight there. So it, it, it kind of works out in the sense that you're talking about uh, an offense that has so many different types of players. Uh, you can you can survive with a guy that doesn't take a lot of walks, like Javi Baez, who just brings a ton of power. And when he's on one of these hot streaks, you just ride him, right? I mean, you, he gets in these insane streaks where uh, he, he doesn't chase as much, and he just when when he connects, it's going to go a long way. Yeah, and for the stat heads out there, Javi does lead the team in slugging at five fifty nine and uh, OPS at eight eighty. So yeah, he, it's funny he leads the team in those and last and on base. 
So. Yeah, it's very it's an it's an odd situation. Yeah, you could look at there's a ton of guys on this team actually. I mean, Al Moore is one of those guys where it's a weird. You look at the numbers and you just like I don't know what's going on here exactly how long this lasts, but hey, just just ride the hot hand, just just let it go. Zahav, I wanted to ask you about El Mora because uh, as we're talking about batting average, is it surprising to you that he's tied for first in batting average in the NL? Well, here's the thing with him. He, it, he's always, when it comes to offense, it's been contact and hit tool, right? That's what his carrying tools for offense. If he's going to survive in the big leagues, he needed, well, on offense, he needed to hit about 280. I said uh, for years I've been saying that. He's not going to take a lot of walks. You need to hit about 280. Is it? Am I surprised he's hitting three thirty? Yes, but then you look at that uh, batting average of balls in play, and you see a, a big number. You know that he's not a speed guy, uh, so you wonder how long it's going to last. But I, I mean, I said that a week ago, and he just keeps finding holes. He just keeps uh, hitting the ball hard too. He's hitting. He, it's not like a, every single hit is just a dribbler through the middle. He's he's hitting the ball hard, uh, semi frequently. Uh, I don't. I really don't know how long these things can last. That my whole thing with Almora is sometimes these things last a whole season. Sometimes they last three months. Sometimes it's two years. It's very random sometimes where where this uh, how this goes for for guys that are riding a high batting average in balls in play with, especially guys that that lack speed because this is not. He's. Not, I mean, yes, he's a great defensive center fielder. You think he's fast. I think Cubs fans are, are well aware. Guys that watch him every day know that this guy's at best a fifty runner. So, so it's a it's a it's one of those things where I'm just going to say, hey, <laughs> he keeps finding the hole. Be happy with it uh, until until it, it, the luck starts to go the other way. I say, hey, just just go with it because it's I, I don't know how long it's going to last because it's really it, I want to say his batting average of balls in play is around three seventy three eighty, and that's just not. That's not something you expect. But when you put the ball in play, I mean, Joe says it all the time. Baseball people talk about it. You put the ball in play, good things can happen. And right now it's working out for him. On July 1st, where do you rank this team amongst the other teams in the National League? I think they're the best team. I mean, the only teams I think compare talent-wise are are Washington and L.A., and they're just not healthy. So, it, I mean, I, I think they're the best team in the National League. I think the Brewers are very good. I think they're playing above their heads. I think uh, they have a top-heavy offense, lack depth on that offense, and they're starting to get banged up. Uh, but they, they also have the capability to make a trade. So we could, you could, we could look at this on August 1st, and, and it could be very even. Uh, I don't. I don't love their pitching staff. Uh, their bullpen is great. Uh, so they they have a they have some stars on offense, but it drops off quickly. They have a they have a pitching staff that I feel like the starting staff that could easily uh, get worse. And uh, and and they just have a three great arms in the bullpen and other guys that are that are pitching well. So I, I just think for the Cubs, they're the best team in the NL. Uh, that doesn't always mean you get end up with the best record or make it to the World Series, but it's it's hard for me to say otherwise. They're they're not playing their best baseball and they're still hanging right up there. You said the Brewers have the ability to make a trade if they need to. Do the Cubs have that ability if this U Darvish injury is a long term season ending form of injury? Yeah, I don't I don't think they can uh, get the best of the best that'll be out on the market. It's going to be really hard. This isn't a team that likes to trade away from their major league roster in season. Uh, it can screw things up a lot. We've seen it in the past where teams trade from their major league roster, making a run in the second half, and it kind of screws up chemistry. It screws up the way the lineup's uh, put together or whatever, wherever you're trading from. 
it, it can it can just uh, mess things up a little bit, and you've taken an element out of your roster that that you were using and and that was helping you. Uh, so that I mean that would be uh, unless you're replacing upgrading that exact position, you know, which doesn't which I don't think would make sense right now for the Cubs the way they're playing. I don't think you go and get Manny Machado right now uh, because the offense isn't the primary need. Now, if that's the move that makes the most sense, it's the move that you can make, and and it doesn't take away from too much of this major league roster. I'm not saying don't make it. I'm just saying there's other needs that are bigger, and it's bullpen and starting rotation that you try and. You try and upgrade there if possible, especially if Darvish is hurt. It's going to be really hard to get an impact arm for this team as far as starting rotation goes. But outside of guys like Miguel Amaya or Aramis Ademan, who are you know low A guys that that are far away but very talented, I just don't see how the Cubs are going to make an impact trade using any of their minor leaguers. Uh, uh, Alzelay's hurt out for the season, and that was probably their best ship. And they didn't really want to move him. They liked him a lot and thought he could impact the team this year. So after yesterday, the Cubs have now played 81 games. We're at the halfway point of the season. Um, if you look on fan graphs, Anthony Rizzo is 10th in war on the team. Uh, if we project this out for the full season, this is easily going to be Rizzo's worst season as a professional. How do you explain what's going on with Rizzo? It was a brutal April. I mean, it was his Worst, I think the only worst month he's had offensively was uh, one of those months in San Diego when he just struggled uh, coming up as a rookie. Uh, it, it, there were a lot of things going on. Uh, you know, he had the he had personal stuff off the field, a very emotional uh, uh, return to Miami where he hit that home run and then didn't hit a home run the rest of the month of April. I think it was that was in March, obviously, and then and then in April, I don't believe he hit another home run. Uh, there was just nothing going on on offense for him. His timing was off. He he had the back issue that that uh, kept him out for ten days. Uh, a lot of things added up in April, and then he had and, and you know what he goes through moments, and they're usually a week or two. Uh, this most recent one was about a two week stretch. He seems to have gotten it back in gear, and he's hitting again. I'm not sure if he'll end up with you know uh, normal Anthony Rizzo numbers. That April is really hard to return from. That was. The, that was some of the worst uh, Anthony Rizzo stretch I've ever seen. I, I've never seen him really play like that. Uh, so, you know, but guys like goes through this, it, superstars go through this all the time. Look at Paul Goldschmidt start to the season, and then he went on a crazy run, and he's, he looks like he's going he's gonna to be right back where he needed to be. Uh, maybe Rizzo gets on one of those crazy stretches, but that's what he's going to need to get back to where he was. This is not that, that April just, just really sunk him and, and hurt him for uh, having a chance to look like a normal season. But I think if you, uh, from May on, I think it's going to look like a normal Anthony Rizzo season. So how to try to stay cool out there today? Uh, one more game with the Twins, and then you got, then the Cubs got Detroit coming in, so they have that to look forward to. Ah. Yeah, you can't get enough of the AL Central. Well, I'm sure the Cubs will take that. But yeah. They're not going to complain. No, they're not. <laughs> Thanks a lot. We appreciate it as always. Take care, guys. Thanks for having me. Zahadev Sharma from The Athletic. We come back. A little soccer talk. There there could be a surprise at the World Cup. Yes, we'll address that. And, Fred, I want to go through some of these Rizzo numbers. Because okay. if you comb through what's going on with Anthony Rizzo this season, it's it's alarming compared to what he has been with the Chicago Cubs at this point. And I, I love the smart baseball talk with Zahadov. It's great. Yeah, it's early, that, It is early. Uh, it's July 1st, Zahadov Zahadov said that uh, Theo now has pushed it to August 1st, so we're good. I mean, this uh, guy. Yeah, I mean, Abdallah Blark-Hubner right. right here on ESPN 1000. 
This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back in. We'll get to Rizzo's numbers in just a second. Quickly, we may have a surprise going on. Uh, I read before the game started, I heard Chris Black say, I hope Spain beats Russia six to nothing. <laughs> Not quite. That's one one at halftime. Right? That's one one at halftime. And yesterday, you saw two of the biggest stars exit the World Cup. In the same Messi day, yeah. Ronaldo within about might, three hours of each other. We might not see either of them. Maybe Ronaldo in the next one, but we probably won't see Messi in the next one. Is what people are saying. Yeah, and it's uh, Gerard Piquet, uh, basically Shakira's husband. Uh, Shakira, got called for Shakira. A, yeah, got called for a uh, handball in, in in the box. And coming up later, it's uh, Russia. And, or no, Croatia and Denmark. That's going to be a, ga- a great game. Croatia and Denmark. You yeah. see uh, Christian Eriksen for uh, Denmark, right? Yes. And uh, and then Croatia, all the itches. I know that uh, Yurko's going to be in front of a TV somewhere. Yeah, yes. 538, uh, Croatia is favored to win 64% to 36 for Denmark. So look for Croatia to roll Denmark. Also, if you're smart enough... And spent the four ninety nine a month or forty nine dollars a year and got ESPN Plus. Mm-hmm. You can watch ESPN FC every day after the games. They have all the guys that do uh, ESPN FC, Brian McBride and Ali Moreno and all those guys, and they break down the games. And I watched it the last couple of days. It's great because hockey and or soccer analysts, unlike a lot of other analysts, they criticize the heck out of people. Yeah, it's nothing better than a former oh, player saying that someone's not playing with class. Exactly, soccer. like it's, it's great. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> So make sure you wake up for tomorrow's game. I'm not really wake up nine o'clock Brazil and uh, Mexico, Mexico tomorrow's yeah. game. And guys, that World Cup update was brought to you by Peloton. Cap, that's Cap's bike, right? And his bike, yes, yeah. yeah. You don't need another commute. Skip the gym and work out with Peloton. Head to onepeloton.com to learn more, or visit the shops at Northbridge, Westfield, Old, or Old Orchard, or Oak Brook Center to try a Peloton bike today. Now we don't have a lot of time for Rizzo's numbers. You want to do them right at the top before we talk ba- uh, basketball? Yeah, let's do it because I think it's surprising to Cub fans that Rizzo in WAR is the tenth best player on the team to this point in the season. Okay, we will talk uh, a little bit of Cubs. We'll talk a lot about the NBA free agency as Brian Kamenetsky from ESPN LA will join us. We come back right here on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back in. Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, Fred Hubner. We'll talk to him. NBA free agency, a lot going on from last night. LeBron still has not done anything, but he is in L.A., right? He is in L.A. Uh, we're still waiting word on what the latest with LeBron James is. So we'll talk with Brian Kamenetsky in about 10 minutes right here on ESPN 1000. What's the vibe in Los Angeles? Will the Clippers make a move or is it only the Lakers to keep our eyes on? So we'll we'll do that. But, Fred, we also want to get into Anthony the Rizzo. Rizzo numbers, yes. I, I wanted to ask you about this because Rizzo is 28. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's old. But if you look at his numbers compared to the rest of his career, he's clearly having the worst professional season that he's had since he got to Chicago. Now, in 2012, he played 87 games. His numbers weren't great. His war at the end of the season was a 2.2. At this point in the season, his war is .2. Okay. So we're halfway through the season. If you project that out, he's not even going to be a a one-point war player. And... Yeah, I, I get that you can look at all kinds of different metrics, but if you look at the Chicago Cubs and you're saying halfway through the season that Javier Baez, Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber, Ben Zobris, Asin Russell, Almora, Contreras, Hayward, Hap, all would have higher war than Anthony Rizzo, 
I would say that that's something to kind of look at and be concerned with. And if you look at his numbers to date right now, he uh, has 12 home runs, uh, 55 RBI, 32 walk, 40 strikeout, 249 for average, 346 for his on-base percentage. His slugging is 421. So all of the numbers across the board, worst of his career. Yeah. And I, I'm just kind of trying to figure out going forward with this Chicago Cubs team uh, at 28, is this just a strange year in quotes, air quotes, or should we kind of start to uh, consider that maybe Riz has peaked and then at some point here, he's never going to get back to the prime where we saw him in 2015 be a 6.3 war player or in 2016 being a 5.7 war player. I think that it it speaks to the depth of the Cubs, where they are, the fact that Rizzo can have this poor of a season so far and they can still be contending for uh, in the division, right? Yeah, they're six, also they're think, six games ahead of where they were last year at the midway yeah, point. I also sure. think that as far as Rizzo's numbers go, he can rebound with a great second half. He might not have as good of war numbers as he had the last two years, but if he gets to, you know, four, four and a half, it's still a productive year, right? I don't think that he's going to reach that point. It could just be a down year. I don't know if he's necessarily peaked. Obviously, 2015 is an, an anomaly. It could be an anomaly for the entire Cubs organization, right? If they don't get back, everybody outperformed what they should have. Everybody played 16, insane, or, yeah, 2016. Yeah. Everyone played insanely well. I think that you wait and see. The Cubs always come out hot in the second half. You see yep. how his second half goes. And like when we had Sahadev on last hour, he said he's been dealing with a lot this year, a lot of off-the-field stuff. He had the back injury as well. So he might. this might just be an off year for Anthony Rizzo. Hey, yep. He's the anchor of your lineup, though. He has been. He has been. And it's weird, too, that they're doing all this over the last couple of weeks, you know, without almost the last month without Chris Bryant really hitting mm-hmm. very well either. You know, he's not doing a whole heck of a lot. You look at him. I mean, uh, Bryant right now, nine homers and 36 RBIs. I mean, that's not what you're expecting out of Chris Bryant. Um, so Bryant and Rizzo are not performing, and you're still six games better than you were well, last year. They've been very fortunate that Jason Hayward is having the couple months offensively that sure. he is. And Almora. Yes. And Javi. Yes. Uh, what those guys have done, because even Contreras is down from what he's been in the past. So, so Fred, give me your perspective on Anthony Rizzo, because you follow baseball uh, closer than anyone else that I know. And this is a star player in the prime of his career. He's 28. Yeah. Who is having an abysmal season. Yeah, I, I, and, it's and time I get, to explain why. I get what I get. Zahadov said he had a bad May. Right. He had a bad first month. Zahadov was on with us about 20 minutes ago. He said he had a bad month. He'll, he'll expect normal Riz the west, rest of the way out. But, I mean, even if you get normal Rizzo or really good Rizzo, these numbers are going to be bad at yeah. the end of the season. He's been popping the ball up a lot. He's been hitting a lot of ground ball. You know what he's done a lot of? Uh, the shift has not been kind to him. No. he's I, I, I can't tell you how many times he hits the ball right to the second baseman who's standing 20 feet out onto the right field grass. And if it's the second baseman or the third baseman, if he moved over, whoever it is. And the shift has not been kind to him. Now, it's funny because Rizzo in the past had been the guy a lot of times that would go the other way. And I think now, this year, Schwarber's going the other way more. Hayward's going the other way more. More than Rizzo, also. And uh, Rizzo's not doing it quite as much. And I know sometimes that messes with your swing. 
it you know you would if you're a Cub fan or you're a baseball fan, you're watching him. You hope that he does better in the second half. Um, but it, it's it's hard to explain what he's doing. He is popping the ball up a lot, popping it up and hitting the ball to second base. Can he's you? Doing, he's basically taking over what Hayward did last year. Can mm-hmm. you win a playoff se- uh, series if you don't have uh, Rizzo and Bryant playing at their best? Well, not with the pitching staff that the way they're pitching right now, you can't. Uh, you, you expect them all to get better. And Chatwood gets off the hook a little bit yesterday because they won, but you know, seven runs over five innings. That's not what they were looking for for his return. And now they get, they're lucky the next three days. They have Lester, maybe lucky. Then they have Hendricks and Quintana. Hendricks got rocked. Uh, you know, in his last outing, he's given up 16 homers this year, 17 all of last year. So, Fred, I, I just wanted to bring it up because I, I thought it was interesting the other day. I, I noticed that Baez and Bryant are now tied for first and war on the team. And mm-hmm. then I started looking down the list and I'm like, hold on, where's Rizzo? Yeah. Wait, Haps passed him? Hayward's passed him? I, I didn't know he was 10th on the team in war. And then I started to dig into the numbers and it's like, wow, Rizzo's really struggling. Yeah, he really has been. Offensively, he's been struggling a lot. He is, uh, you know, he, he's the guy that's been there the whole time. Heck, think about it. He's the first guy that was there. Yeah, it was is. him mm-hmm. and Starlin Castro that were upset because the rebuild was taking so long. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember that, but they were not happy that they were busting their tail and, uh, and they had nobody to play with. Mm-hmm. And we, As a we Sox know, fan, I, I'm, I'm very. Uh, um, you know, sympathetic with that now. Yeah, for sure. And we know how this organization thinks moving forward, too, because, like, if this is the production level you're going to get from Rizzo, how long can this last where he's the fixture at first base? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and they have nobody else right now. Exactly. They have no other first baseman yeah. anywhere. Uh, we'll get back to uh, some baseball talk in a little bit, but it's a huge time for NBA free agency. Everybody's got their eyes on Los Angeles. Uh, Brian Kamenetsky, nice enough to join us from ESPN 710 LA. Brian, how are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks, guys. See, for you guys, it was 11.01 for us. It was it was middle of the evening. You guys were probably, you probably had to stop your dinner uh, plans last night to uh, keep track of what was going on with free agency. But a lot of people are wondering, hey, LeBron's not done anything yet. Is that what the people in L.A. are thinking about right now? No, I, well, I think, no, I think the, the, the headlines for L.A. were definitely Paul George and staying in Oklahoma City without even taking a meeting from Magic Johnson to Rob Palenka. People are becoming, I think, pretty confident in the LeBron thing just based on what's out there and the reporting and, and the, the way that everybody seems to think that, that he's coming. But the idea, you know, the, the wind started to blow toward, back towards Oklahoma City with George over the course of the week. But I think Lakers fans at least thought that he'd meet with, with the Lakers' brain trust, and that never happened. And so people are a little surprised by that. When looking at LeBron and his uh, decision that he's going to make, if he chooses to go to L.A., what's going to be the, the number one reason why he wants to join the Lakers? I, I think it is – I'm not, not sure it can be boiled down to any one thing, but I think when you look at the teams that he can go to um, and combine family, you know, the family stuff that is you know, reportedly very important to him, and the basketball stuff, L.A. makes the most sense. Um, he's, I, I don't think I've never seen anything, never heard anything that gives me any indication he wants to move his family to Philadelphia or that his, that his family wants to go there. They apparently weren't very excited at the prospect of going to Houston. So it's really stay in Cleveland or come here. They've lived out here for summers and, and for str- long stretches of time. Uh, this is a place where he now owns, LeBron owns two houses. So you look at that, and so I think from a lifestyle standpoint, it fits very well. Businesses out here and all that stuff. And then from a basketball standpoint, 
the Lakers are actually set up better than Cleveland to be good reasonably quickly. I don't think either team can win a title this year, but the Lakers have much more flexibility, better young players. They've got draft picks. They've got the ability to improve themselves in a bunch of different ways that Cleveland can't match. So if it's those two teams, it's not even really close. I think the only reason you'd even consider Cleveland is because that's where he's from. What can the Lakers do now that, besides LeBron, obviously, that now that Paul George has signed with the Thunder? Well, I think they'll look at they'll kick the tires on Demarcus Cousins. I I still don't think he'll he'll end up here uh, unless LeBron demands it. Um, because I have never heard anybody uh, in or around the organization kind of talk up the prospect of, of Cousins in L.A. But on the other hand, that was before um, LeBron, so you never know. Um, but I think beyond that, I, it looks like they'll be able to re-sign Julius Randle based on the way that the market played out last night. I know Chicago is another city that has cap space, but uh, Randle, at least to this point, hasn't been you know, linked up there. Um, but and then I think they'll make some trades. So they'll look at who's available. You know, can Denver uh, Denver needs to offload some salaries, so the Lakers could pick up one of those guys. They have like a Wilson Chandler type guy and then pick up another uh, first-rounder in that exchange and use that first-round pick to try to sweeten their deal for Kawhi Leonard. So, I mean, I think Kawhi Leonard is a target. Trades are a target. Restricted free agents are a target because the $30 million or so that they had reserved for Paul George can now be put to something else. So, since Paul George isn't going to go there, and whether or not DeMarcus Cousins decides to go, what is the like peak level that this team, the Lakers, can be if LeBron... Choose it. Like, how good can the Lakers be compared to the rest of the Western Conference, knowing that they missed out on Paul George? We don't know how Cousins is going to be with the coming back from injury, and we're not unsure about a trade with Kawhi Leonard. Like, how good could this team be with the rest of the conference? Well, I think, it, you know, last year the Lakers struggled a lot with injury. Lonzo Ball missed like 40% of their games, and Brandon Ingram didn't play down the stretch because of a concussion. So they, they had some injury issues and still won. You know, nine more games than the year before. They, they were probably close to a 500 team with better health. So if you add LeBron James to last year's team with a couple one-year vets and stuff like that and just run it back, just by having LeBron, they're probably no worse than six or a seven seed. Um, I, I think they'll, they'll have a little bit around him. I, I'd be surprised unless they can get Kawhi before the season starts if they have any realistic shot of winning a title. But I think they can be a quality playoff team next year with the prospect of being able to get very good either uh, you know, at next year's trade li- deadline before next year's draft or heading into free agency. What would happen um, if, in fact, and we're talking with Brian Kamenetsky from ESPN 710 LA, if for some reason the LeBron thing doesn't happen? What happens? Oh, that would be bad. I mean, but does, don't and, you don't know, you don't don't you and the Laker fans yeah. have to think about that possibility? Oh sure, and look, he's not here yet. <laughs> and until LeBron is here, he's not here. Uh, but you heard, you know, Brian. It, it's now the optics of it. it. What's funny about it is, you know, three weeks ago, the assumption was LeBron won't come without help, and but Paul George is surely going to be a Laker, right? And that sort of started to reverse over the last, you know, a week or 10 days or so. And, you know, if you had told me last year, oh, you know, LeBron decided to stay in Cleveland, I'd be like, okay, what can you do? But now it's gotten to the point where it seems so much that it's the Lakers uh, thing to screw up. You know, Brian Windhorst said last night on the jump on ESPN, 
that basically if the Lakers don't screw up the meeting, I don't know what that would look like. You know, they give them bad shellfish. What I don't what what that could be, I'm not sure. But if they don't screw it up, LeBron is coming. And as disappointing as it might be to not get that big three or whatever it is, it's a if you finish the summer signing the best player in the NBA, that's pretty good. And so the expectation now is that LeBron is coming. So if he doesn't, it's a bad look. Okay, Brian, so uh, this is great that you're live on uh, with us at the moment because Adrian Wojnarowski is now reporting that Philadelphia is meeting with LeBron James and his reps today in Los Angeles. So the question to you would be, if Philly is getting this meeting, have the Lakers already screwed this up with LeBron James? Um, well, <laughs> no, but I will say this. They're, they are, they're, get, they're getting the last one. And if the problem is here, it's like if you let him out of the room, if, if LeBron, whenever LeBron you know, sits down with, with uh, or his people sit down with, with uh, Rob Palenka and Magic Johnson, if they leave the room and they're not sold, then it's a problem. And, you know, because this is really what Magic Johnson is supposed to be. It's not necessarily that his, his roster-building skills or anything like that. He's a closer. And Magic is supposed to be the thing that can, that can close the deal uh, around a very smart and reconstructed team that's modern again with a great facility and all that. So if they let them out of the room and they, and they, they don't convince them it's bad, um, uh, you know, LeBron's not getting the long tap dance from, from any one of these teams. He knows what's in Philly. Um, I think he just wants to hear it, you know, from, from those guys specifically. Um, you know, so it's going to make everybody nervous until he actually signs with the Lakers or agrees to. So I won't say they screwed it up yet, but it's not going to be a good Woj bomb in L.A. That's not going to play well. It's probably good to have it like, you know, on Sunday morning while the World Cup and meet the press and all that stuff, and people aren't paying attention. You mentioned earlier that you don't see DeMarcus Cousins coming to L.A. unless LeBron demands it. it. Let's say LeBron does sign with the Lakers. Is there a chance that he and Magic butt heads as far as how they want the team built? Maybe a little bit. You know, I think there's there's always that push and pull, and LeBron gets the reputation of being a guy who wants to be GM because he engineered the Andrew Wiggins-Kevin Love deal, or sort of demanded it as, as a condition of coming back to, to Cleveland. But the flip side of that is, on Kyrie Irving traded, and they did, and he didn't want David Griffin fired, and they and they did. So he he never exercised absolute control in Cleveland. And I think if you if you're willing to sign LeBron, you you kind of do it with the understanding that you know what he is and how he wants to play, and you'd be stupid not to put a team around him that plays to his strengths. I mean, I, I don't. I think there is a limit to what the Lakers would do, but I also think there's probably a limit as to what LeBron would ask them to do, and particularly since he's coming to a team that he's got to know, at least as constructed, right this second, even with him, isn't quite good enough to win a title. You know, there's a lot of people here in Chicago that have a uh, warped perception on Lonzo Ball. And since you've been in L.A. watching him play for the last year, I want to get your uh, perception on this because I think a lot of people in Chicago just look at he has a crazy father, he has a weird shot, and he's not going to live up to all the hype. What do Laker fans and people in L.A. think of Lonzo Ball? Um, they definitely think he's got a crazy father, and they definitely think he's got a weird shot. So that's <laughs> Those are things that we share with our friends in Chicago. Um, the, the thing about Lonzo is, and I, I fall into this, the, the stuff with his dad and, and, and the family and the hype around it and all that, 
can get you to roll your eyes to the point where you it is easy to overlook that the kid played when he played, and that's a different story, pretty well. If you can separate the shooting, and I'm not saying it's not important, but it's not the only thing a player does. He averaged like 13, 8, and 8. I mean, you know, and he had a steal and a half a game and a block and a half a game out of your point guard, which is pretty impressive. And defensively, he was actually quite good, which surprised people. And, you know, so the idea that Lonzo was terrible is vastly overstated. He had a lot of, he did a lot of really good things over the course of last year. The problem is the, the shooting really is an issue, and it puts a limit on, on how good he can be. Now, if he, if, if he can't figure out how to shoot, then you know it, he becomes Ricky Rubio, which isn't terrible. Ricky Rubio is a good player, but he's not transcendent, and that's what Laker fans and I think the basketball world, thanks in part to LeVar, were promised when it comes to Delonzo. But he's a good player. And if they can if they can fix him a little bit offensively, and especially get him to the point where he can feel comfortable attacking the basket because he can make his free throws, that's a bigger deal to me than the three point shooting. Was being, you know forty something percent from the free throw line? That's terrible. And so he stopped going inside. Look at what happened to Ben Simmons in the playoffs, where he wasn't assertive because he was worried about getting fouled. And so I think that's the concern with Lonzo. But everything else, he's fine. He needs to stay on the floor. That's the bigger problem. And then the, the, the trick is separating out any feelings you might have for his dad and not letting them impact your feelings on uh, Lonzo. What are the Clippers doing? Uh, well, they, they waved goodbye to DeAndre Jordan, which uh, I think was probably good for them. I, I think they'd rather have his number off the books and not have to worry about potentially trying to resign a guy who doesn't, I don't think fits the sort of the direction of the NBA um, to a really, really big long-term contract. So I, they say they're in on the Kawhi stuff, uh, but really I think their main priority is trying to keep as clean a cap sheet as they possibly can looking forward to 2019 when they can decide on Tobias Harris and some other players and and rebuild that thing quickly. I, you know, This year they, they say they're going to be players in a lot of stuff. I don't see how it happens. But next year, they're going to be a legitimate competition for the Lakers. Brian, we appreciate you jumping on for a few minutes. Uh, we'll all sit back and wait and see what happens with LeBron. Uh, thanks a lot. Anytime, guys. Appreciate it. Brian Kamenetsky from ESPN 710 LA. And it was interesting that we had him on when the yeah. uh, Woj uh, story broke, uh, the Woj report. There's more to that Woj report. It's not LeBron meeting with the 76ers. It is, his, it's his reps. Okay. So it's like the, it's the courtesy. Now nah, you guys go. So here's how the tweets <laughs> uh, came down five minutes ago. So Adrian Wojnarowski, the first tweet, Philadelphia is meeting with LeBron James and his reps today in Los Angeles. League sources tell ESPN. Then a couple minutes later, Woj again follows up for today's meeting. The Sixers will meet with LeBron James reps. Store, uh, sources say to ESPN, James will not attend this meeting, He's but they punch. are all in Los Angeles. So, you know, and Brian mentioned it there, you know, you get the last meeting, but you also don't want to allow the guy to get out of the room right, because exactly. that's what we saw in 2010 in Chicago. Yep. Is the Bulls let these guys get out of the room. And then yeah. next thing you know, uh, Pat Riley's putting the rings on the table and then boom. Okay. Everyone's going to Miami. You got to make the deal yeah. when you're in there, you know, okay. But the you, guy's not even in the room. Yeah, well, his he's not. He's though. not even his reps. Okay, he's not signing anything. Listen, he knows. Uh, I can see LeBron basically said, "Listen, guys, 
Uh, Philadelphia is interested. You guys go. Tell me if it's worth me going. Yeah, and then he'll follow up. He'll yeah, come that's in. what I uh, think. You know, you it, know, we all watch Shark Tank, right? Yeah, I have in okay. the past. I watch it and religiously. Some yeah. of the sharks use a bully tactic where if they put their offer on the table, they do the take it or leave it or my deal's off the table, right? Yes, they do. Cuban does it all the time, and it's so frustrating because I like Mark Cuban, but he bullies these people into choosing him as the investor on all of these Shark Tank episodes. Uh, Lori, what's, what's her last name? Greer or Markinen. whatever? No, not Mark. Lori Greer, yes. <laughs> yeah, Greer. Okay. She does it too. She'll mm-hmm. say, if you want my offer... Three, two, one, you have to take it right now. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to do with these free agents. Put the offer on the table. All right, LeBron, you in or out? Boom. Not with LeBron, though. Well, I know, but he's he's making them do it. So is that what Mark Cuban did with uh, <laughs> last night? With, with DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan? Jordan? I mean, who knows with that? I mean, that's... <laughs> I mean, what... Well, one year... It was a one-year 24 mil. Yeah, but, okay. You can't find a big like that to to duplicate what he's doing. If you look at the advanced analytics, his defensive numbers dramatically dropped last year, especially around the basket. So he's a big who can pick and dive, can't shoot whatsoever, and his defense is deteriorating at his age. I, I don't I don't see why. Like, is he going to turn the Mavericks into a top ten defense? I, I don't see that. We'll talk a lot more basketball top of the hour, the 11 o'clock hour. Heck, most of it. Uh, we'll jump and get some of your phone calls at 312-332-3776. Also, Nick Friedel will join us around 1135. Don't forget, coming up later today right here on ESPN 1000, it's Nationwide, it's Hood, it's Friedel, and it's Bobby Marks. They've got the ESPN free agent special from 3 until 6 right here on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's game day only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. And the ball driven to left center. Sousa. He's got it! He's got it! It's a no-hitter! Fred goes around the horn. It's a triple play for the Sox. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. Fred's baseball notebook. I gotta tell you, I almost don't want to hear any Jason Benetti call of any White Sox win until, like, you know, 2021 or something. Leave Benetti alone. Oh, Come my on. God. No, no, no. It's not him. I'm just, as a White Sox fan, I just don't, I don't want to hear highlight until they start playing a game like it's supposed to be played. Oh, okay. They're okay. lucky. I, you know what? I'm, I'm here on Wednesday. Right now, I think I'm here by myself. I, the holiday uh, from 9 to 1130. There'll be soccer talk. There'll be White Sox complaining. And they'll probably talk about the Cubs, how they, they're fortunate to get. <laughs> The eight in the American League Central. Fred, that'll really bring him in on holiday. You know, for two and a half hours, I can do a filibuster. <laughs> I just filibuster. So just get ready to listen it's while you're barbecuing. It's my day. This Happy Fourth. This, this is, is what's up, my can. This is Fred's America, and he's going to talk soccer and White Sox baseball. If you don't like it, get That's out. That's too damn bad. <laughs> yeah, that'll be for two and a half hours, and then you'll get baseball the rest of the afternoon. Uh, we got baseball right now. My uh, baseball notebook. The hey, it's a big series. Anytime the Red Sox and Yankees get together. Yeah, Red Sox yesterday, an 11 nothing shutout win over the Yankees. It tied the Red Sox' largest shutout ever on the road against the Yankees. Yankees have been shut out four times in their previous 19 games. They were shut out three times all of last season. And one of the big blows yesterday. Down the left field line and deep. Back goes Gardner. That ball's gone. Devers with a grand slam. And the Red Sox with a 4-0 lead in the first. 
The highlights courtesy of Fox Sports. Yeah, I guess the Red Sox weren't too worried about losing Yoan Moncada when they had Rafael Devers waiting to uh, just come to the big league. He was 5 for 5 yesterday. Now, he does have 16 errors, which is 3 more than Yoan Moncada, but uh, he's hitting uh, the way that we had hoped Yoan Moncada would hit. Chris Sale, by the way, he was pretty good. Seven innings, one hit, 11 strikeouts yesterday. Yeah, it's pretty good, Fred. He's yeah. been outstanding this season. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think some Chicago baseball fans hate Yankees Red Sox. I actually like it, and I think it's good for baseball when these two teams are fighting for first place. It's probably good for the game, um, but for a lot of years, it's like that was the only one game you'd always see. Sure. And you see each I think they play each other 19 times, and either ESPN or Fox will carry every game. Every single one, yeah. which I'm okay with, but I know some people in this city really despise Red Sox, Yankees, East Coast bias, but I, I, to me, that's good baseball, and I like watching it's it. It's a fun rivalry when both teams are good and, and they're fighting now. for something. Yeah, yeah, they're really good right mm-hmm. now. Boston takes a one-game lead in the division over the Yankees. Tampa Bay's in third. They're 14 games back. Uh, the Angels, Giants, and Diamondbacks, they have no grand slams this season. Hmm. The Reds, they have two by pitchers, oh. and yesterday was one of them. They're going to send to the plate Michael Lorenzen, and again the base is loaded and nobody out. Drive! Left field! Did he? Grand slam home run! Michael Lorenzen is unbelievable! Touch him all, number 21! Now, Michael Lorenzen with the home run yesterday, highlights courtesy NBC Sports Ohio. Lorenzen, his fifth career home run. It was his third home run in his last three at bats. What? See, you know, He's homered in each of his last three at bats. He has homered consecutively two games in a row. And that'll be the 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 the, the person at the bar when you say the worst words in sports are bases loaded and here comes the pitcher. Yeah. Well, what about Michael Lorenzen? No, get out. The yeah. worst words Take in sports, that, DH. The worst words in sports are bases loaded and here comes the pitcher. It's funny because yesterday Lorenzen was a pinch hitter and he'd been a, pin, a pitcher for his other one uh, sure. the, the day before. But uh, he's red hot. You know, ride the hot pony, right? That's what they say. Is it? At least somebody. Uh, yes, that is what they somebody say. Somebody said yes, that once. True, yeah. I don't know if you guys knew this. <laughs> for Saturday night's... Um, game between the Mariners and the Royals. The Mariners decided it was time to fast forward to the future again. In 1998, the trend around the MLB was to host promotional nights. Took you back in time, but the Mariners wanted to change it up. Uh, On Saturday at Safeco Field, the team paid tribute to that promo with Turn Ahead the Clock Night. They relived the celebration of 2027. The Royals and Mariners had fun with it. Mariners paid tribute even to their own Ken Griffey Jr. by sporting untucked uniforms without sleeves and his signature backwards hat. I liked it. Now... If you you got to go to MLB.com or ESPN or somebody and, and see the highlights of this because D. Gordon was playing second base <laughs> with the cutoff sleeves and the hat on backwards. Mm-hmm. He's turning double plays. Yeah. And you had um, Nelson Cruz for the Mariners with his big arms hanging out. You had Denard Spann standing at second base flexing. Shoulders with the, the size of watermelon. Just monster. It's re- It was really cool. And uh, I think the, the umpire went out and told uh, Felix Hernandez that he couldn't pitch with his head on backwards, which would aggravate me because I would say, hold it. Pedro Stroh pitches with his head 
Oh, okay. it's not backwards. Oh, it's not backwards. backwards. Oh. It's not backwards. So, so what's the angle that you uh, you can only go to what thirty five degrees? Yes, yeah, you go to forty five. If you have a sideways hat, that's the barrier. Okay. So anyway, but if you got to check it out, the highlights are very very cool. Yeah, that. pretty cool. Good for baseball. Congratulations. I think they should do it more often. I mean, anything you do to get people more interested in it and. It, uh, I love seeing the Cubs in those kind of uniforms. Yeah. That'd be great. Fred, you're right. It at least got people talking about it on social yeah. media because uh, if you follow on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, you almost see no conversation about baseball no. throughout the night. And people were commenting and yeah. tweeting and co- and having a conversation about the sport. So that is a good thing for baseball. And uh, it's funny that this night was created to say, like, this is maybe what it will look like in the future. Right. But then again, it's baseball, so nothing really changes. So, no. so, so like, it will never look like that. Well, one thing has changed. For the last several years, they've been saying the Mariners are getting good. Right now, the Mariners are only a game and a half behind Houston in pretty the good. American League West. They've won six in a row. Yeah. So they're doing very, very well right now. Also in baseball. Uh, Justin Smoke, he's a guy that's been around for a while now. If you wonder, if you've lost track of Justin Smoke, he's in Toronto. Oh, high and deep. Get up, bro. Get up. Get out of here. Get Smoke walks off the Tigers. Ah, the Blue Jays with a 4-3 win over Detroit. The Tigers, they're good at losing. They've lost 11 straight. They're going for their 12th straight loss today. And then guess what? They come to Wrigley Field nice. on Tuesday and a Wednesday. Highlights courtesy of the Sky Network. Nick Markakis, a grand slam. Atlanta just pounded the Cardinals yesterday. 11-4. That game was on Fox. Um, A.J. Brzezinski was doing the game. I was watching a little bit of it. It was so hot down in St. Louis. They were just sweating like pigs in the booth. Ugh. They looked so, I mean, like, and then they batted, the uh, the uh, Braves batted around, so their scorecards got all screwed up, and they were showing that, and, uh, yeah, it was not pretty. It's too hot for baseball, Fred. No, you know what is pretty, though? This is a guy uh, who who knew what he was doing when he was playing baseball. He actually played in the south side for a little while. His name is Bobby Bonilla. Bonilla hits it well. Is it far enough? It is gone. A home run. Bobby Bonilla gives the New York Mets a 2 to nothing lead here in the bottom of the fifth inning. Okay, that was Bobby Bonilla. Highlights courtesy MLB.com. Now, the reason I mentioned that about Bobby Bonilla is today is the day that Bonilla gets his annual payday from the Mets. Who are still paying Bobby Bonilla one million one hundred ninety-three thousand two hundred forty-eight dollars and twenty cents every year from a contract that he was due almost twenty years ago? See, the Mets wow. wanted to get rid of Bonilla and his five point nine million dollars salary in two thousand. His agent struck a deal that was a bit different. They didn't have to pay him right away. Instead, they would pay him one point one nine million for twenty-five years. Now, how the Mets agreed to that is beyond me. Well, I guess I know back in the day it wasn't, but in the year 2011 is when it started. So for 25 years from 2011 on, he gets 1.19 million every July 1st. How how much longer? Until 2035. That's oh awesome. my god, that's awesome! How cool is that? 20, I mean, 2036, I think. No, 25. Yeah. 2035. Okay, so in 2035, the three of us will be sitting here on a Sunday morning, uh, yes, yeah, uh, discussing this topic, and, and It'll we'll be the last. final day. Yeah. 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 Uh, so l- let me ask you guys this, because this goes back to the whole: uh, if you win the lotto, yeah, do you do you space it out, or do you take the lump sum and then do what you want with that money that you take at at the time? Right. I think it's always better. It's I've always better to take the lump sum financially to take the money, right? Because yeah. then you can invest it in other. 
things. Yeah, as long as you got an investor and you don't screw it up and lose all of it. Well, mm-hmm. right, like not you could put it in the bank and get one point two percent interest and still be fine. Sure, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. But like getting the one million dollars every year for the next twenty five years. That's not the best way to maximize the value of what you actually are go- going to earn. No, right? but you know what? You always, you know, you always got that coming. Yeah, you, you do. Know? You do. Um, so, I mean, like for example, the Mega Millions, which rolled over, it's two fifty six right now, but it was two thirty two on Friday. Nobody won, and the it was two thirty two if you take it spread out. Otherwise, the cash option was one thirty nine. Okay, and then we were sitting here figuring it out with Yurko and Waddle the other day. And uh, you figure the one thirty nine, they're going to cut it down. You'll probably split about a. You probably get about a hundred million dollars. Okay, that wasn't bad. You can handle that. No, and, right? and you would. So okay, uh, let's play hypothetical. We all win the the lotto and we yeah. get the hundred million dollars. Uh, what do you allot yourself to have fun with in the moment, and what do you uh, start investing with? I would probably suggest a ninety ten split. Like, what do you need more than ten million dollars for in this moment? No, you don't. You don't, right? Like, you could buy anything that you could think of that you want to buy. You could probably go out and buy with about $10 million, yeah. right? Yeah. Live comfortably. Do whatever you want, right? And then you have $90 million to either save, invest, and do something else with. Mm-hmm. I did not see the movie Brewster's Millions. Did you guys see it where no. a baseball player, uh, they get a certain amount of money? Sean saw it. Sean, explain it. The guy had to spend a certain amount of money, right? Yeah, it was Richard, Richard Pryor. Pryor. Yeah. He had to spend a certain amount of money. In John order, Candy, right? in, a certain amount of time, in order to get more, in order right? to get more money. Yeah, yeah. Now, you think yeah, about it: spend money to get money. If you're Bobby Bonilla, you know that every year you've got one point one nine million dollars coming in, right? So you could, by June thirtieth, you could say, "I'm broke." The next day, now I got one point one nine million dollars. Sure. Mm-hmm. So every year, you could say, "My goal is to every year make sure you know with my with all my you know my houses, my cars, whatever I whatever payments I have." They can only reach one point one nine million because that's what I'm getting paid next year. It's almost like financially, he's living at Groundhog's Day every year, right? right? Because like, <laughs> like you go asleep at the end of the year, yeah. and you, what you wake up and you got the one point whatever in your bank account. Does it work? doesn't matter. What does he do? I don't. I don't know. What if does he Bob does do? Hopefully, he? he's uh, sitting on a pile of money like Scrooge well, McDuck. Well, I mean, you think about it after you pay for a house and all that kind. Of, like, what, like he's ma- he's making one point million one million a year. Yeah, it says here. Um, <laughs> it says here. It should be an, um, Bobby Bonilla, American hero. Yes. <laughs> he is. He, he, he because I've is. always said, I've always had a thing where, you know, every once in a while you do something and you don't get paid right away for it, but you know you got the money coming and people will apologize. Sorry we didn't get it. That's okay. I know it's coming. I'd rather have money coming to me than say there's no money coming to me. No, you know that's what I'm saying? Uh, because let's say you do something and it's, you know, the paperwork's been delayed, whatever. That's okay. It's coming. Yeah. As long as I'm still here. It's coming. Right. So he's, That's Bobby Bonilla's biggest thing should be staying alive till 2035. Well, he's 55. Okay. Oh, that's it? Okay, he'll be fine. He's 55, and it goes another, what, uh, 17 to, years? Yeah. 17 years. Okay. He made $49 million before he retired. All right. <laughs> yeah. So at the Why? 29 that's coming. We should be really upset at all of our parents. Why? Because we're not professional athletes? Yeah. Well, I mean, listen. I mean, not everyone can be a professional athlete. Well, we, I mean, uh, in, my parents listen to the show every single Sunday. You could Sunday. have been a marathon runner. Well, no, you know what it was. You'd have to live in, you know. Ready? This, this is, I know that they're listening because they always <laughs> listen. Uh, this is the problem with their decisions is they allowed me to quit soccer. 
because I am a runner. Yes. But you runners don't make money. I could have played soccer. Yep. I could have played soccer. I've got the right size, no skill whatsoever, and I wanted to quit soccer because I didn't have any friends on the team. Right. They allowed me to quit, and I could have been in the World Cup. We're watching uh, Spain and Russia play in the, the 89th minute 1-1 draw at the moment. Real quickly. I could have been there, Fred. Yes, you could have. You could have been there. Real quickly, the one thing, and we won't talk a lot about soccer because I can believe it, that game's still going on. Yep. And it could end up going to extra time. But... Um, we were watching here. We were here yesterday, and when we saw Mbappe from France make the eighty-yard mm-hmm. run or whatever it was, oh, yeah. get into the box, Sean was saying, "It's amazing. Look what that guy did. He's only nineteen years old." That's what every other country that plays soccer has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their best athletes play that game. Yep. Just imagine if the best athletes in the United States played soccer instead of Russell baseball. Best would be the best yeah. soccer. Oh player. my Mbappe, God. That the first thing yep. I thought of when I saw Mbappe make that run was yeah. that's Russell Westbrook at one hundred and thirty miles per hour going down the court with mm-hmm. the ball in his hand. Right. Yep. All those guys. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I'm still mad at Jared Payton that he gave up soccer for football. Sure, no, yeah. it's fair. I mean, and, he's and upset that's, as well. He should be upset. He's still upset. He probably could have. I mean, he would. He could. He would have been a star for the U.S. Men's National. Team. That's one thing. And then the other thing is point out that he's 19. The reason why teams are good uh, in the World Cup play is you have to have guys that are 18, 19, 20, 21. Right. That's what you want trying to win a World Cup. Because when you sit around with guys in their late 20s, that's when you see a team like Germany get bounced. And they, right. And they brought all their guys back that won four years ago, or at least most of them. Uh, the guys that didn't retire on their own from international duty like Schweinsteiger did. So, so our, uh, our hope is on, what's his name? Sergeant? What's his uh, what's Josh his? Sergeant. Josh Sergeant. Ah, he better be good. He's actually going to play, I want to say, for, her, not Hurt to Berlin, Berlin. He's going to play for uh, Werder Bremen. Okay. He's what? Uh, he in, just turned eighteen, or he's seventeen still? I think so. And so, and actually, the youth team looks okay. They still don't have a full time coach, but that's another story. Yeah, for another day. Uh, we're going to talk a lot of NBA. We come back at the top of the hour. Nick Friedel also next hour. Where is LeBron going? Where's that sound drop? We'll get you on. Wait for it. Wait for it. Here we go. <laughs> nope, not. Wait for it. Nope. All right. Nope. We'll get it. Where in the world is LeBron James? Black Abdallah Hubner here on ESPN 1000. Welcome back in. LeBron James still has not made up his mind. He is still in limbo. I think he's made up his mind as to what he's having for brunch. You think? Probably. If you're LeBron James, are you up on the West Coast? Yeah. At uh, almost 9 o'clock? Yeah, because he, these athletes, he's up. He's had two workouts by now. He probably has. He's getting up. He's, you know, he's scouting gyms. He's got to see whether he wants to go to Core Power, if he wants to go to okay. Export he out there. He has his own gym, right? Does he have to no, join Export? On the road, he goes to public gyms. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. There's get videos of it. Does he, have to go, does, he have to get a, does he have to get a membership for Export? No, I think they just let him in on the uh, guest pass. Okay. Uh, the uh, soccer game today, which everybody figured Spain was going to roll over Russia, they're going to uh, extra time. Two 15-minute uh, periods and then shootouts if they have to. We come back, though. It's a lot of basketball talk. we got Nick Friedel at 1135. Where in the world has Nick been? It's the summer of Nick, and it's basketball. We'll talk all about it. We come back. It's Black Abdallah Hubner here on ESPN 1000. Where in the world is LeBron James? This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000. Welcome back in. Fred Hubner along with Chris Black, Adam Abdallah. Hope you can stay cool today. Not supposed to be as hot today as it was the last couple of days. 
It said some rain, but I don't, I don't know. I'm not, Tracy Butler's not here to tell us. She does listen every Sunday morning, so maybe she can get to us and let us know if and when the rain's coming. Is Tracy in the building today? I don't think so. I but, thought you know, she was funny. tweeting us earlier saying that she's here. Oh, yeah? And she I was, was going to say, we don't need a weather report, Tracy, because it's hot out. We, it w- we know this, yeah, right? Yeah, but it's supposed to rain. Um, she was tweeting, like, the whole early this morning. 37% of chance of rain down here in the city between 5.30 and 8 o'clock this evening. I certainly hope you're looking at the ABC7 uh, weather. He is, yes, of course. Always. <laughs> but the question for Tracy is, will there be golf today? Will the golf be interrupted Always. because Are you of the rain? Today? I'm not going to golf today, it's, but uh, it is I, too blanket hot to no, do it's not. anything outside. I golfed on Friday evening, and it was 95 degrees out. And it was fine. Yeah, the other day, my wife says, "Can you do? Can you spray the weeds in the back?" I said, "No, not today. No, not today." Okay, let me ask I you guys this question: Once you're sweating, what's the difference? I don't want to start wanna sweating sweat, right in the first place. <laughs> I don't want to begin the sweating process. But if you if you are in it and you start sweating, once you're sweating, you're you're you're. That's I don't okay. want to be embrace in it. it. Okay, no. we, we will get to the NBA in just a second. But I got a question for you guys. I used to work with a guy, and I never understood why this guy did this Bruce? when he was driving. No, no, but this is way back when. Um, I, even before I was on radio, uh, I worked with a guy, and when he, when it was hot out, he would drive his car with the air conditioning on and the windows open. And he, well, no, think about it though. He explained to me at home, it makes sense to close your windows because you're paying for that air and it's running out. You know, you you don't want to open your windows because then you're basically air conditioning the outside. But when you're driving, the little box that you're driving in, sure, you want it to be cool. And if you have the windows open, you're still getting the cold air blowing on you. So, yeah, you're going to waste some gas, but you're going to have the air conditioning on anyway. So what's the difference if you drive with the air conditioning on and the windows open? Because I want the car to be cold. But if, but as long as you're cold and you've got two blowers blowing like right on you. Pardon the expression. Uh, <laughs> if you are, Fred, uh, driving. Vince, I guess I should have said. With the windows open, it's not as cold as it could possibly be. Yeah. You're allowing warm air in. But now, you're getting a nice breeze. Your hair is blowing in the breeze, or if you have hair. I don't want a breeze. I want the air conditioner. Okay. If I wanted the breeze, I'd just have the windows down. I just wondered if there's anybody else out there that does that. Because- I actually, I do know somebody who had a convertible and would have the AC rocking on the convertible, what? but the top what? down. What? Why? You know Kenley. Well, he's an idiot. <laughs> Oh, there you go. I mean, with the air, because the the cold air is blowing on you, it's yeah. kind of like just a nice cold breeze, and you still have, you know, the surroundings. No, I don't know. Thank you. I've tried it a couple times, but not when it's this hot. Okay, no, it, no. this is okay, yesterday. Not when it's this hot. The when last it's, three days, it's too hot to do anything. When it's like eighty five, except to sit inside it. and watch critically acclaimed dramas. I mean, or soccer, it, which, which actually could be a critically acclaimed. It's sit on ice hot. Like when you're when you're outside, you gotta put like ice on your chair and just just take it all in the block we, of ice. Yeah, I is mean this, that's how hot it is. Is this breaking news? What? What, what do you got, Fred? Did uh, I get a- Chicago Blackhawks forward uh, Chris Kunitz and goaltender Cam Ward have agreed to one year deals. Defenseman Brandon Manning a two year contract. I think Pat Boyle sent that. I don't have alerts for that. No, no I don't either. It's just the Blackhawks sent. Yeah. That. So, so the NHL is doing free agency. <laughs> they are. All right. Cool. Uh, we'll, we'll wait and see who they're LeBron I is. saw someone tweet this Congrats yesterday. To them. Are you guys surprised that 
the, that the free agency period, that the NBA hasn't done something like the NFL where this isn't an 11 o'clock central or midnight Eastern. This is they a, change it to a this three is a three o'clock or, in the afternoon, yeah. pr- a prime time something, maybe do it on like a prime time thing. Why is this at midnight? Because it's uh, that when the day clicks over. I understand that, but it's not hard to just change it to 3 o'clock and get the full exposure. Well, you could say July 1st at 3 o'clock. Exactly. Why don't you get the full exposure? Full exposure. Let me ask you this. What was being talked about last night that wasn't NBA free agency? They got the full exposure. I understand that, but you would have more exposure. Like, the I, NFL always no. wants to be in the Who forefront cares? of everybody's mind. The league runs its own thing, and people follow you. You don't need to pull a NFL deal where you separate the draft to have your one primetime night and then your second primetime night. No, you don't the need league does its stuff, just and do everyone it, just follows. Do it at 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. What's wrong with that? I, I kind of like that idea. Thank you. Yeah, well, I, I do. I, I, I mean, I don't. What What do they need more exposure for? People are glued to their phones. The NBA wants, but the NBA wants as much as they can. They already have it though. You You just it makes it it just makes it more fun. Have it during the day. Well, it makes it more fun, also. I think for the people to follow it. I understand everybody's following on their phone, but if it was happening, you know, right there, I know that ESPN was doing a show last night. Yeah, and but more people would have watched it. If it was on at two or three in the afternoon, not if on a Saturday night at eleven. But it, sure, right. you might you might get better ratings. If I, that's I when understand it that, but yeah. Uh, let me okay. Now let's go to the. Um, a lot of people, myself included, I thought it was a foregone conclusion because I didn't listen to Abdallah. Um, I thought it was a foregone conclusion because I thought Paul George was going to the Lakers. And yeah. then, then when I heard he's not, I said, okay, well, now what's going on? Where's LeBron James going to go? Is he still going to go there? Where we- in the world is LeBron James? We had Brian Kamenetsky from ESPN 710 LA on, and I asked him the question, you know, what would happen if for some reason, you know, LeBron didn't go to LA and he, that would be bad. It would be really bad. <laughs> that would be really bad. And, but there's always that possibility that he doesn't go. Now he's expected to go. He's out there, um, taking meetings and doing his thing and working out wherever he is. He's working out, but you know, all these other players. Okay. I got a whole list and uh, Sean printed me up a list and I had a whole list here and, uh, uh, Ilya Sova's three years with the Bucks and Trevor Ariza and the Suns agree to a deal and, uh, um, Caspi gets a one year deal with the Grizzlies and, uh, Baines two years with the Celtics. It goes on and on. Marco Bellinelli's doing well for himself. He'll be 33 when his two year deal ends, uh, getting 12 mil, uh, 12 mil for the two years. And then everybody, the shocker of the, it, to be honest, the shocker of the whole night was not Paul George. It was the Pacers giving Doug McDermott a three year, $22 million deal. Deal. Um, the Derek question Rose? still, huh? Derek Rose. I don't know if that was surprise. Only one year, right? We don't know how much, how much money, do we? It doesn't no. matter because th- his, he's getting his Adidas money. It's like twelve million, right? Yeah, and I think the Timberwolves are uh, very high on Derek Rose. They and, like the way he yeah. played. Uh, he actually, and he he was actually doing something he hasn't done a lot of. He played some defense. People told me that. I don't know if that was true <laughs> or not, but someone told me that he actually played some yeah, defense. Yeah, yeah. Not nobody else in the team does. Yeah. So I guess I guess we could put it yeah. with the rest of the guys on the team that don't play defense. He was probably playing more than them. But the question is, you know, should the Bulls be involved to make the call? I brought this up at nine o'clock, and Chris didn't poo-poo it. Abdallah said it was a waste of time. Uh, for the Bulls to call about LeBron James because he hasn't made a decision yet or hasn't made an announcement. And after Paul George is not going there, you would think that um, that LeBron would like to win wherever he is. And I know that someone asked you guys, 
uh, on uh, best of 1,000, around 840, if, in fact, the Bulls have a better roster right now than the Lakers do. And you seem to think they do. Yeah, I do. I I think what uh, Gar and Pax have put together for the Chicago Bulls is a better team at this moment than the collection that the Lakers have. I I like the pieces and what they're building. And what we talked about earlier, and we can address it right now, is the Bulls were a 27-win team last season. They were better than that 27-win mark. They had the terrible first month of the season. They started off 3-20, and and then they went on and played better basketball the rest of the way out until they started resting players because of the, quote, tank. Now, if you play the entire season out with everyone at full strength, this team would would have won at least 10 more games. So you're looking at the mid-30s. And now you have LeBron. Yeah, and I think going into this season – Add Wendell Carter Jr., add Chandler Hutchinson. This team is primed to be competitive. Now, to be the next level and be elite, no, they're not. But like Fred said, if you make a call to LeBron James, you make a call to some of these free agents, the the question starts to come like they have been saving all this cap space to use. When are they going to use it? And if not now, when? Because if LeBron James is available and next summer Kevin Durant's available, right. who is this big fish that the Chicago Bulls are going to go after? And and I think that's where we can have an interesting conversation with Bulls fans. There are no bigger fish. Yeah. yeah. Who do you want the Bulls to go after in free agency? Because Scar and Pax have told us they're going to be patient. They have all the money. They have this young roster rising. And, and it looks like this is going to be a pretty competitive team going into the future. Who do you want the Bulls to spend on? Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Clay Thompson. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Your thoughts on uh, NBA free agency? Do you really think Clay would leave? I mean, Clay's no. taking less money. No, but he's play. he's going to be a free agent unless he signs a deal, and he's just a, a guy that's happy where he is, and yeah. he's like Paul George. He doesn't care. He's just gonna he's gonna stay. Right. But you still have Durant and Ky- Durant, who could have his third ring by then. You have Kyrie, who's probably not going to uh, stay in Boston. So you have those two guys. Those are going to be the top. Two free agents next year. Why do you think Kyrie won't stay in Boston? Um, I mean, because I mean, they're with their coach and with what they have. I mean, they're a team that can expects to win next year, don't they? Especially if LeBron's in the West. Yeah, I, I think Kyrie will probably stay in Boston unless they uh, know that they have enough young talent where they can they move him and get something it. back. Uh huh. You know, because the the situation Danny Ainge has created in Boston is that, okay, maybe at some point Terry Rogier turns into a number one starting point guard. Yeah, I could see Kyrie being a disposable piece, but would he allow Kyrie to just be off on the open market? Probably not. They'll probably have to do a sign and trade and get something back. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not too uh, sure about Kyrie, but, you know, it, Abdallah keeps bringing up Kevin Durant because he's signing a one and one uh, where he'll have the ability to opt out next summer again, the Bulls are not going to be in the situation to acquire someone like Durant. Why not? Do you okay. really think they will be? They got money. You want them to go after LeBron James because they've got money? Why can't well, they go after they Kevin Durant have, when they, they got money? They should at least try. I okay. don't know if they're going to land So them. they should at least try for Durant too, right? Don't they have like tons of money right now? They do. I mean... They've got money right now. And and I don't know that I necessarily want to see him spend it on Zach Levine, even though it's not tons of money they're going to spend on him, right? I wouldn't. I would allow him to go get his own deal. And if you don't like the price, then say, all right, man, uh, thanks for your time and right. good luck to you. And so, so many people are saying, well, you've got to keep him because you made the deal to no. bring him on. You, you made the deal to get Larry Markkinen, 
and then then you've got you know then you also have Chris Dunn who you still think is I don't know uh, a better has a better up I don't know if he has better upside really than Zach Levine does I just from what I saw from Levine I just don't think he can shoot. Well, if you dive into his numbers, he really had one fantastic month with the Timberwolves before he got hurt. So he was Nico. Yeah, I mean, he, like that, that one month that he played, he had all-star level budding superstar numbers. Yeah. And he has yet to get to that point again after that one month with the Timberwolves. Now we so, should, I guess we have to give him a break because he was coming off the injury. So, you know, hopefully he's out there somewhere shooting jump shots right now. Yeah, absolutely. I would love for him to prove us all wrong, and yeah. I would love for him to become a star where the Bulls have that number one guy. But if you just go based on the numbers, month-to-month progression, he he didn't really do it for you since that one time. And if you go back to last season, I think it was December, was that one month where he was like super outstanding. He averaged 22 points per game. He, had, he shot 46% from three. That's amazing. Right? Yeah. In January of that month, so, you, okay, this is how it worked with the Timberwolves last year. In November, he averaged uh, 19 points per game, 36% from three. In December, in 15 games, 46% from three, 22.7. So his, num- his points per game jumped, three-point shooting jumped. In January, the following month, he played 13 games. He shot 33% from three. He scored 14 points per game. So in December of last season, the well, the year before right. with the Timberwolves, it was that one December where he was outstanding. And you're like, okay, if this guy's going to shoot 46% from three and score 23 points a game. Everybody would want him, right? Yeah, let's, mm-hmm. let's sign him long term. But since that one month, we have not seen that type of player in Zach Levine. So, right. so if, if, who knows if he'll ever get to that or if that was just a one month where he played really well. I don't. I don't know. And then you, you tack on that at, in that January at the end of the month. He got hurt. That's when he got hurt. So, you know, who knows? And I don't know if the Bulls, if, if it would be smart to tie him up long term. Maybe you do something, uh, a short deal, a uh, prove it to me deal, and right. then you talk long term in, in the future. Like a two year with the player option or the team option for the third year? And why, sure. why, yeah. Why okay. not? I'd be fine at, with that at, I just, your, at your price. Because we know they made him a qualifying offer, right? They made yeah. him an offer, but we sure. don't know what it is. We don't know what it is, and uh, chances are, based on uh, Levine's uh, actions on Twitter last night, he's probably going to reject that okay. and look for more money <laughs> elsewhere. And what we're talking about is Nick Ferdell just laid out that whole scenario on Twitter last night, and Zach threw the, the crying face emoji, like laughing at it. So mm-hmm. chances are he's going to want some more money, yeah. right? Uh, and we'll see if there's a team crazy out, crazy enough out there like the Kings, the Magic, some of these teams, the Hawks, who have a ton of money as well, who will try and poach them. And here's what the Bulls are going to do. They're going to sign guys to one-year deals, and they're going to be at the floor, the, the cap floor right. this year. And then next year they'll spend, like this money rolls over or something. It doesn't, but they don't. There's no guys out there that, as far as the front office is concerned, that they want to sign long-term that will put them over the edge. So they're not going to make any deals for them. You guys were here when Pax was on with who? With Cap or with? Yes. Okay. He was on with Cap. Did he say anything that led you as an NBA fan to believe that they would do anything big free agency this year or just sit sit and wait? Sit and wait. Yeah. Okay. And they, and Fred, it's the same thing he told uh, myself, Nick, and Jonathan Hood on draft night. And Gar echoed the same comments is that they're going to be patient free agency. Um, from what we saw last night at 11 o'clock, a lot of the money has gone quickly. Right. Um, 
So it'll be interesting to see if they can get Zach Levine at their price and if there's anything else that they can get bargain shopping because that's basically what they're going to be doing because outside of LeBron, DeMarcus Cousins, eh, you don't want to deal with that. There's not really a whole lot out there. I suggested during the season that the Bulls should place a pretty good offer on Julius Randle and try and poach him from the Lakers since they're not going to be able to afford him if they're getting LeBron and XYZ free agents with him. And I think Julius Randle is the type of player that you can add to a collection of young talent and build for the future. It sounds like they're not going to make a move on that. So who, who knows? I know you've asked this. I think if Dallas, but who are they going to? If they're not going to spend their money this year, is there anybody that's? I mean, that's coming. I, the name Anthony Davis keeps popping up because he's a Ugh. he's a local guy. But yeah, okay, is he well, even up for a contract three years from now? Okay, well that's not. You're not waiting three years for anybody. No, and he's yeah. not coming here anyway. So so here's how it breaks down. Since um, well, hold it. You keep saying they're not coming here. But you mean they're not, you know, they're not Anthony coming Davis here. doesn't want to play in Chicago. If they don't have a chance to win, they're not coming here. But Anthony Davis doesn't want to play in Chicago, period. Have well, you, you, know, you don't you know. That? I don't know that for sure. No, yeah, Haven and I, we're, I'm texting him right <laughs> now. As I'm, reporting. Re- as, I'm okay. reading, as I'm reading Mark Stein tweets about Philly getting Kawhi Leonard. Okay, um, uh, so we'll address so that in a second. Get, they're going to get Kawhi Leonard and LeBron. Well, I think that's the idea in Philly. Belief, um, yeah. And Ben what, Simmons, they're going to tell him to go home. Let me just, uh, before we get to Philadelphia, let, let's address one thing with Anthony Davis. Uh, for those who don't know, he's under contract for next season in 2019-2020. Okay. Uh, in 2020-21, he has a player option for $28.7 million. So technically, he's not going to be an outright free agent until 21-22. Yeah. So that's four seasons from yeah, right now. Yeah. So if you're banking all this cap space now just for maybe getting a shot at Anthony Davis no, you when can't. he turns 29. Right. You can't wait that long. Okay. So uh, what's the latest, Abdallah, on the Philadelphia 76ers? Mark Stein, now of the New York Times, is reporting that among the Sixers' planned top selling points to LeBron James is agent Rich Paul because LeBron isn't going to the meeting. He's sending his agents and his team to the meeting so it's not really like you, he's not really a meeting with LeBron. What's the information? Philly believes sir? it still has a real chance to win the Kawhi Leonard sweepstakes league sources say. Well the 76ers are the are one of the teams that have the pieces to deal for Kawhi Leonard and we've kind of heard uh, through various reports from Moe Shelburne and others that if you set the two bids on the table, the Lakers and the 76ers, that the Sixers have offered the best deal to this point. You, to would you have an idea what, the, the what, what that deal would be? Well, you're probably what dealing uh, Markel Fultz. You're probably dealing uh, Covington because you'll need his money. He just signed a new deal. Um, I would assume that Simmons and Embiid are untouchables, but think. everything mm-hmm. else is probably on the table. Dario Saric right. probably would be going to San Antonio, and he's kind of like the perfect San Antonio Spurs yeah, type player. Um, yeah, I mean, mean... You didn't mean European. No. Okay. No, <laughs> he, he, he's the, he's the perfect Spur. You I know, know he, just... he's a he's a four who can kind of give you right. a little bit of everything and uh fiery player. I, I like Sarge. So, yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see because the, the Sixers are there, right? They waited four seasons for this process to right. develop, and now they're at the forefront where now they can take advantage. Whether or not they can or not is a different story. But, like, this is why the process was a thing. Because if you get one guy and then maybe a second guy, now you're in the conversation. Now right. you say LeBron, 
Let's Talk, sure. where the whole conversation we were just having, Fred suggesting and Adam poo-pooing on it, About is the that Bulls being the Bull, Bulls can't make that call because we didn't trust the process and we don't have that number one piece. No. We don't the have Bull, a one Le, or two. LeBron's not coming here to play with Chris Dunn and Larry Markkinen and Wendell Carter. But but Abdallah, they have Denzel Valentine. No, no thanks. And David Nawaba. I'll pass. And campaign. I'll pass on that campaign. Do you ever think it would be, it would come down to uh, the Los Angeles great the greater Los Angeles area to the greater Chicagoland area? Because he has mentioned numerous times yep. that it's all about it's about family, and he, this would probably be his last contract, right? Sure. Um, so you know, and I I know if it was up to you, Chris, you would just say, "Well, I'm living in L.A." Yeah, I mean, it's 75 <laughs> and sunny every single yeah. day. Why yeah. wouldn't you? He's, he's yeah. going. I don't. I mean. He may be taking these meetings, but I think ultimately, unless the Lakers have completely screwed this up, wow! How, he's, I mean, how, how bad, bad would Magic that look? I know that's why I asked. That's why I had to ask because things like that have happened where they expected, you know, one thing's going to happen and something else does. I'm sure there's some basketball fans in LA saying when they saw that Paul George yeah. didn't sign, or, you know, the sign oh, with yeah. OKC, they said. We're screwed. What are we going to do now? Well, Fred, and that's why it's important for the Bulls to pay attention because the Thunder took their shot last year. Paul George wanted to be traded from the Pacers. He wanted to sign with the Lakers this offseason. The Thunder came in and said, hey, we're going to make the move, and then we're going to convince him to stay with us. And they pulled it off. That is impressive. Is it Anthony still there? Uh, Carmelo, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's uh, he's there for right now. Well, yeah, he had a a player option, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, so So he's going to take it, and uh, good luck to them uh, trying to stretch provision uh, Carmelo out out of there, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, so. But but that's why the Bulls, the next time there's a disgruntled star in the league, you got to make your move. Yeah. And then figure it out later once you get that guy. 312-332-3776. We got Nick Friedel coming up. We'll grab a call or two, uh, maybe a call or two before we even get to Nick, because we got some time. And, uh, you know, Nick can wait. Nick can wait. He's, he's just planning for, you know, a three hour show today. It'll be Nick Friedel joining Jonathan Hood and Bobby Marks from ESPN, uh, ESPN radio right here from three until six, the NBA free agent show. They'll be uh, breaking it all down for you. And we got Nick coming up right after this. It's Abdallah Black Hubner here on ESPN 1000. See Chicago's Game Day only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back in. We'll get to our guy Nick Friedel in a moment or two. It's Chris Black, Adam Abdallah. Big day after NBA free agency began last night at 11.01. Let's grab a call or two before we get to Nick. We were talking some Bulls and what the Bulls should or shouldn't do or make a call or call LeBron's people even though he's probably not going to come here. Let's go to Al Sip and Russell. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, uh, good morning, gentlemen. What's up, Russ? How are you? Um, I just had a few comments. Um, personally, I, I don't really like Zach Levine. I think he plays a lot of isolation basketball. He's not really a team player, I guess. He doesn't really pass a whole lot. He uh, leaves the bucks uh, on the table defensively. Um, I'd be more uh, happy if the Bulls maybe went after Aaron Gordon instead. I just wanted to know your guys' opinion about that. He's uh, you know good now, and I think also he'd be somebody that we can also bet on in the future as well. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Russ. 
Yeah, Aaron Gordon's game has definitely developed over the last year. He started to shoot more three-pointers, and I think a lot of people thought he was just like a flashy four who could dunk really well on the fast break, but he has really developed his game. Um, If you're going to poach him from the Magic, you're going to have to give a pretty hefty offer. I'm not sure if the Bulls are willing to spend that much money in this offseason, but like we've been saying, if you have the cash... When are you going to spend it? And if you want to right. get someone who's a restricted free agent from another team, you're going to have to overpay to get that guy. So, I mean, Aaron Gordon last year, 17.6 points per game, eight rebounds per. I like his That's game. Not bad at all. I think no. he's developing nicely, but you're going to have to overpay when a guy's a, a restricted free agent. Are the Bulls willing to do so? I don't think the Bulls are willing to overpay for anybody this year. I think this is, like I said last segment, this is going to be a, a cap floor year. They don't feel the need to overspend. If they take on any contracts, it's going to be expiring deals with picks attached. And that's going to be what they do until next year. This is going to be a, let's see how much these kids can develop with each other one more year. And then next year is when they make their quote unquote move. Of what's available. I don't know who the second level, if they're not going to get Durant and they're not going to get Kyrie because they're going to stay wherever they are, then I don't know who the second level, that second tier free agent is. I don't know who the Clint Capella of next year is, right? You want a Harry Barnes from uh, Dallas? I'm um, good on like Harry a, Barnes. Hmm, sounds okay. like a condition. Right. <laughs> uh, let's go to Lake Forest and Paul, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Paul. Hi, guys. Great show as usual. Love your knowledge of sports. Thank you. Uh, I hear you talking about the Bulls, okay? And to me, Jerry Reinsdorf and the Sox and the Bulls are the same thing. Reinsdorf has been given the fountain of youth with the con job that's been put on the public about how you can rebuild over a five-year period while you just make money hand over fist. The Bulls, number one selling team last year in attendance. Uh, again, just printing money over there, and they're going to wait to do the right things. I mean, the fan is about sixth in line with Reinsdorf. It's his family. It's his investors. It's his company employees. It's his coaches. It's his players. And then comes the fan. Hey, but Paul, the, the, Paul, the, N- the NBA rebuild's not five years. The baseball would be. The NBA can't be five years. Well, that's what who, the Bulls have about six pro players on their squad right now. So you tell me, Zach Levine, he's, he's, he's not the answer. He's done. He's a bum. Total <laughs> bum. I mean, these guys aren't the answer. And here's the thing is that Reinsdorf doesn't care. He doesn't care. He makes it look like they're trying, oh, we're going to rebuild. We're saving our dough. I mean, they're going to compete with uh, Golden State and these other teams in the next four or five years. How? You know, and Paul, I appreciate the call. We got to let you go because we got Nick coming up. The one thing I will tell you, and you know, people, you don't, you don't have to believe me or not. Reinsdorf cares because there's not, he, as a businessman, no one likes to be embarrassed. And right now, what the White Sox are doing, it, it's tough to watch. I know it's a rebuild. They've all bought in. And what the Bulls are trying to do, you're right. People are still coming. And you know, it's not necessarily the Bulls' fault that people are still coming. Okay. They're putting a product on the court and the people are still coming. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, well, you know, Fred, it's no one wants to be embarrassed and no one wants to lose, but you also don't have to rebuild. You know what I'm you saying? Don't, like, but they I, tried. I, hey, I brought this up last summer when they traded Jimmy Butler. You didn't have to do that. I get that they didn't get along with him and they wanted to move him along and just be done with the whole episode. 
but you didn't have to do that. The Rockets didn't rebuild. The Rockets didn't build the second best team in the league. And for all intents and purposes, if the Warriors didn't exist, they would have won the championship last year. They didn't build that because they tanked out and they lost for a long time. They were creative and they got things done. No, I'm not. Yeah, you know it is what it is, right? And but see that that's not Reinsdorf as much as it is the guys he has doing the well the job for him. It right? starts at the top, doesn't it? Ultimately, I guess it does. Or it starts with Nick Friedel. Drums, please. This is Chicago's game day. I've made it a point to go try and see all the festivals that I've been missing in Chicago. Oh yeah, dude, it's summer. That means we gotta buy fireworks. There's always something going on. I think I may go hit the Old yeah. Town. Is it the art fest? fair, yeah. street fair? There's, there's got to be something going on every day. All right, everybody in the pool. <laughs> this is Chicago's game day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. And it's the summer of Nick. It continues. The summer of Nick, Nick Friedel. Don't forget Nick Friedel, Jonathan Hood. Bobby Marks from ESPN, they have all got an NBA free agent special coming up right here on your radio from 3 until 6 this afternoon. But right now, we have the privilege to be talking with our guy, Nick Friedel. Hey, Nick. My friends, how we doing in there? Well, how have you how have you reacted since uh, 11.01 last night? <laughs> well, Freddie, for me, it started before 11.01 <laughs> because I send out the tweet that, you know, the best fit in the Bulls' mind for a long time has been about four years, $60 million for Zach Levine, and Zach, like a lot of other players around the league, uh, was locked into Twitter, uh, saw that, and then my phone basically exploded. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, everybody is trying to get a read on what's going on. Uh, it all starts with LeBron. It always has all these years. Uh, you know, all, I know you guys have been talking about it all morning. All signs seem to point to him going to L.A., but I still wouldn't be shocked if he landed in Cleveland just because I don't see how the Lakers are that much better. I mean, and they're in the West. Like, if if LeBron goes by himself uh, to Los Angeles, I would just, I'd be really surprised, really surprised. Maybe he is confident they can get somebody else in a year. But that team with LeBron, Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, it's just not that good in the West. It's not good enough. And so, uh, you know, there are there are so many different uh, storylines to go through, and this is the fun part for, for fans. But uh, that, of course, is at the forefront of everybody's mind. Nick, a lot of the conversation we've had this morning is about how the Bulls have all this cap space. Is it the right thing to do to just not spend any of it? Uh, I think so, Chris. Right now, I think so. I think if you're the Bulls, you play for next summer, and you play for the summer of 2020. And fans just, they don't want to hear that. I understand. I mean, hell, I've been covering this team for close to 10 years at this point. Fans want them to win. Uh, they, they want to see changes. I, I hear the frustration every day. Uh, to that last caller's point, guys, and, and we've talked about it through the summer here, but Bulls are losing a lot of season ticket holders. So I know the attendance numbers were, were way up there again last year, but you start losing a ton of season ticket holders and the money that that provides, uh, and things start to change. So uh, having said all that, Chris, uh, with where they're at at the moment and the uncertainty around this roster, if I'm them, I'm just not 
Uh, I, I'm not spending much money this summer, and I'm hoping that marketing's the real deal, and I'm hoping I've got the cap space to go out and land a couple big-name free agents in the next couple summers. The problem, as we all know, is uh, the Bulls historically have always struggled to do that. Nick, we got breaking news. <laughs> Russia has eliminated Spain wow. from the World Cup. Russia wow. winning uh, the uh, penalty wow. kick shootout 4-3, to three, uh, and the Spaniards are out. Nick, your thoughts on the match. Commend, I want to commend you and Mr. Abdallah's focus. Because well, I, I, I didn't was, listen to a no, damn we, thing we don't you know said. What you just I said. Was, I was, there's, there, was, there was a 90% yeah. chance I would have asked you a question yeah. about something you already answered. Yeah. I was not paying any wow, attention. Wow, a kick save and a beauty, like too. Yeah. The, wow. The goalkeeper the from Russia made two saves. Holy cow. And the penalty kick. He made two saves. Russians dancing in the streets. Oh, I love the oh, World Cup. Lord. Oh, it's so much fun. Anyway. And there's uh, another game coming Nick up in Friedel, uh intrepid NBA reporter for... That's uh, my name. You got it right, for right. ESPN.com. <laughs> Are you surprised that the Bulls' name hasn't come up in any of these discussions we whatsoever? Yeah, we, we I know, know I know. That's he the just, therein yeah, lies that's the, the joke. Yeah. Therein lies the bit, <laughs> my friends. Sure you're awake. Therein <laughs> lies the bit. <laughs> you know, Nick, Nick, I started I started the day off by saying, listen, I'm an old guy. I was watching my phone at 11.01, and I saw that Paul George decided to go to OKC. And I said, I woke up this morning, I'm saying, you know, I'm old, but Jerry Reinsdorf's 82. Do you think that somewhere in the back of Jerry Reinsdorf's mind, he woke up this morning and said, well, LeBron's not going to have Paul George in L.A. Maybe I should call Garrett Pax and see if they can put in a call to Mr. James. I mean, it wouldn't hurt him to put in the call, Freddie. They wouldn't be doing their job if they if they didn't make that call, but... Uh, if Le- LeBron wasn't coming <laughs> when they had a healthy uh, rounding into MVP form, Derrick Rose and Tibbs at the, the peak of his powers in 2010, LeBron sure as hell is not coming to Chicago uh, to play for Fred uh, at, at this moment in time. So it's fun. It's a fun conversation. But, uh, yeah, the reality is that the reality if you're the Bulls is You've got to make the right decision on Levine, and you've got to hope that all these young guys that they've been selling uh, the fan base on the last year or two really take another step. And to me, guys, I mean, that's why this Levine thing is so interesting. Uh, I'm just not spending uh, that much money if I'm the Bulls. I mean, four years for 60 is pretty much a fair market value for where he's at at 23. Nobody still knows exactly what kind of player he's going to become, and certainly he'll be better coming off uh, ACL surgery a year after uh, a lot of rehab. At the same time, you show the body of work right now. He doesn't play defense uh, consistently well, uh, and he just really didn't play well much at all uh, last season uh, in the games that he did play. So. Uh, it's a it's a really intriguing time for a team that has taken a lot of hits uh, these last couple of years, but they've got to make the right call here. And if you're overpaying for Levine and he doesn't turn into the player that you need him to be, then you've got some real big problems. So you have to sign somebody because you have to hit the cap minimum. Who are some guys that the Bulls may either look to trade for to try to get some more picks and more assets for next year, or who could they look to sign for a one-year with a team option type of deal? Yeah, Mr. Abdallah, there's the key for the Bulls. They have all this cap space, and it's got to go somewhere. If I'm them, 
I am looking at all avenues where you take on a bad deal or two, not long-term because you want to free up your space still for the next couple of years, but you take on a bad deal and you take back a pick. Uh, and so that's the way I expect them to go. And, and this is the key for where a team like the Bulls is that you don't have to do all that right now. You don't have to do it in the next couple of weeks. You can wait until next year's trade deadline and make those decisions. I mean, as far as free agents go, the reason you haven't heard their name pop up uh, for for any guys of any kind of impact is uh, they're just kind of waiting to see how the market plays out. And and Chris and I were there with Hoodie on draft night, and I mean, that was Pax's whole message. We know uh, the avenues that we want to take. they got to figure this thing out with Levine, and then they got to make their decisions from there. But uh, this is where they're at at the moment. The Bulls have to hope that uh, not only they get the Levine thing figured out the right way for them, but that marketing can be the guy, the face. And maybe he can, maybe he can't, but there is suddenly a lot of pressure on him compared to where it was a year ago right at this time. Okay, Nick, so if the Bulls are going to be patient now and they're not going to spend – Who's the name that they have their eyes on in the future that they will actually spend on and go after at some point? This is the question I get the most, Chris. Uh, And the guy, it seems, that it always keeps coming back to, and it has for several years, it's nothing new, but the guy that it all comes back to is Anthony Davis. That's the guy. He's from here. He's dominant, dominant when he's on the floor. I mean, he is that type of max player that you can build around. In New Orleans, you know, they had a nice little run there in the postseason before they went up against Golden State. Uh, what are they going to do with DeMarcus Cousins? We're going to find out here in the next couple weeks. But Davis is that guy, I think, uh, internally that everybody kind of looks at and goes, okay, well, we just got to play this thing out. Hope that either we can, if he makes it clear he wants a deal potentially down the line, that they can put together some kind of package, or in a, in a few more years they can potentially sign him outright. But that's to Nick, me, Nick. He's not free agent until four summers from now. I, well, there's the problem. There's the problem. That's what I'm saying. Like I and Chris, you look at this stuff as closely as anyone. Like this is the issue the Bulls have. You've got all this space. And you can throw out all these names, uh, and we've seen it around the league for a lot of years. You have to give yourself the opportunity to make these kind of deals. This is another part where the Bulls have struggled uh, in recent history. But this is the issue, and this all ties back together to me, guys, because this is the issue that the Bulls are having with fans. Because fans are saying, okay, you're not going to sign anyone this summer, anyone of major consequence so what are you going to do what 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 is the plan uh, you know and if you're uh, where they're at you're not going to be able to just kind of land i mean you hear clay thompson's name bounced around uh, i i don't see him leaving golden state i don't see that major star uh, aside from davis who just signed that extension recently uh, coming here unless you kind of just see what happens in the next couple years. I mean, Chris, what do you think they should do uh, with with the situation they're in right now? Uh, I think uh, they should have gone after Paul George. I think that's one. But he wasn't leaving. No, I know, but were they even involved in trying to get him? I don't think anybody was involved. 
involved because I think Paul George made it really clear that he actually wanted to stay, which is the most stunning thing to me, guys, in in the last uh, while in the league. It's not just just that he stayed; he signed a three and one. I mean, so, that when that came down. So Man. Nick, we we've got to go in like to, in short to answer your question. Then you got to get in on the Kawhi Leonard sweepstakes. Then yeah, but you got to offer a package. But there's the, there's the problem for the Bulls right now. They don't have the pieces for a Kawhi. On top of the fact, yeah, I agree with that part. That there's there's no there, there's no uh, there's no scenario where you think, all right, well Kawhi's going to stay. And I understand you got to take a shot sometimes, but they don't have the pieces to do that at the moment. Nick, you're going to have to save up the rest of your thoughts for uh, Jay Hood and Bobby Marks today. Three to six, we'll be listening. Oh, you got it. See you guys. Good See you luck, Nick. Nick Friedel, uh, you can catch him later on today 